welcome to Self-Hired's Think Space. I'm your host, your curator, the guy you get to hang out with all the time. My name is Joss Biggins. I am a, welco- I am a local wealth management guy in the investment industry. I'm also a basketball trainer and coach um, and just a young guy like you trying to figure it out and uh, having that curiosity. I'm here in a beautiful space provided by Self-Hired. And uh, if you don't know Self-Hired, you should definitely check them out. They are a lifestyle um, production company, clothing line, however you want to frame it. And uh, they're local out here in Vancouver, BC, British Columbia. And uh, so big shout out to them for putting this all together. I am here with somebody who uh, I respect a lot. And even though we're in the same fields, and even though we're peers, you know, I uh, this guy's a mentor to me in a way, and I, I look up to him. I'm here with uh, Rashawn Brodus from BYU, from Lithuania, from Hawaii. Um, and Rashawn has had what I would call an illustrious career and something that basketball players everywhere can look up to in terms of the longevity of his career, um, how he's been a professional, how he's taken the long road, and how he hasn't settled. And so... We're welcome. We're uh, welcome here to Think Space with Rashawn Brodus uh, as we welcome him to Vancouver with his new um, pro prep basketball training system academy organization. So, welcome, Rashawn. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. It's good to have you. So, first and foremost, welcome to Vancouver. I know you're new. I know it's a new space for you. How are you finding it so far? Great. Uh, the weather's beautiful. The, the Vancouver's beautiful and uh, my wife's back home. So everything's good. So how'd you find Vancouver at all places in the world? You're not from here at all. Like, uh, how'd you stumble upon here? Well, uh, me and my wife were, were thinking about either living in Calgary or Vancouver and we we're juggling uh, uh, which, which place would be better for us. So in Vancouver, with my wife being from here, born and raised, we thought this would be a better fit for what we're trying to do mm. with our future. And since, since being here, it's definitely been the right choice. It's not a bad place. I'm, I'll say that. It's not a bad place. I'm not from here either, so I've definitely settled in as well. At, so you said your wife came here. You're from here? She's from here. Born and raised here. in Richmond. Richmond, B.C. Beautiful place as well. So you just retired. Is that correct? Yeah. So when we say just retired, we're talking a year, three years, five years. What's just retired? Uh, we're, I'm three months in. Three months into <laughs> retirement. Are you getting that anxiousness yet? Are you like trying to touch a basketball and go out there and play in these, uh, any and everywhere yet? Or are you, are you still, has it hit you yet? Well, uh, it, it, it has hit me. It hit me when, when my retirement video came out and I have it on my, my Instagram and Facebook mm-hmm. and uh, the, the media back home, back home in Hawaii did a nice right, story right, on right, me. Right, right. It, was, it was amazing. So... I was really appreciative of that, and that, that's when it really hit me when everybody was writing me, you know, notes and you know, giving me nice messages about my career and following right. me all over the years, and that, that's when it kind of hit me. But right now, with the with it still being an off season and the the, the new season hasn't started up yet, but I'm starting to see friends of mine and old teammates, everybody signing in here and there, right, you know, right, right. There's people still training, and you know, and no, normally around this time, I'm still I'm still training myself, trying to gear up for the next season, right, right. You know, and wondering where I'm going to be playing, whatever contract that I'm getting, and where you have to move, get the yeah, car, you get know, the wife, and packing all that. my bags yeah, and everything yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And so that's that, that's what's different for me right now, and mm-hmm. I'm still trying to find my my new norm in my life that I'm, I'm living right now, which is, which is fun. It's a new grind for me and uh, I'm enjoying it. But I think once the season is, is coming around, I think that's when I'll start, I'll start, 
feeling a little bit of an itch and right. wanting to play a little bit more, but I'll probably just end up going to some men's league or something. So, like so that. when when would you normally? I mean, this is contract season, obviously. So for everyone that doesn't know basketball, so to speak, this is the this is the. I mean, would you say maybe? Early August, July, June, that's when people are really signing these contracts and figuring out where they're going to go. Because, I mean, it's not like the NBA where a lot of these pro guys overseas are not signing. I mean, they're certainly not signing, you know, LeBron contracts out here, but they're not signing, you know, five-year deals, so to speak, right? So what is what does a typical contract look like for you or when this time of season comes around, this, this you know, this summer season comes around, are you, is it always like, okay, where am I going next? Or is there some stability in the teams you've had? Well, it all depends. Like, there's certain countries for me where I always have offers from. Like, mm-hmm. every year I always have an offer from uh, from France, Lithuania, and Poland. And then uh, and then there's always a little a couple other countries that are just mixed in there. And the agency that I'm with, with Octagon, is the is top five agency in the world. Like, Steph Curry, Greek Freak. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. A couple, couple names just to throw in there. They're all signed in, underneath the Octagon umbrella, right? Oh, wow. And uh, even like, uh, what's his name from Oklahoma? Uh, Shira, Trey Young. Trey Young. He just yeah. signed with Octagon. So that, that's my agency. And my, my agent is Solis Fitkowskis, who he's uh, the, the number one Baltic representative wow. for all the Baltic countries. So you know, when it comes to playing in those countries, I, I pretty much have a job anywhere. That's your guy. That's, that's my, my yeah. area. You know what I mean? And that's where I spent my whole career my, of my 11 years pretty much, except for when I went to Germany. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, for, for people that... That, well, for me, I, I've only had one, uh, one, one, two years where I, I played with the same club. You know, it was a one plus one type of deal. But most people in Europe, if they're signing for multiple years, it's all the top clubs in all of Europe, right? Like Euro League clubs, Euro right. Cup teams, yeah, Madrid, all that, yeah. Real Madrid, Barcelona, Ephes, yeah. Pilsen, you yeah, know, Moscow, you know, yeah. Moscow, you know, yeah, you know, you, you know the teams, right? Seska, for sure. So I mean, those type of clubs, they sign, they, they sign multiple years, multiple million dollars, you know, contracts, mm. and then with your typical player like me, uh, I'll probably guys like me will sign one year deals. Mm-hmm. And then it'll just be all, all off of how you produce and how you perform over the year. If a team will end up signing midway through the season or uh, after season finishes, they'll ask you right away. Right. But, so, so for for listeners that don't know, what what do you mean when you say one plus one contracts? Uh, you, you, they want you for two years, but uh, it, it it really depends on how on how you play in that first year. Mm. Like, uh, so with the after the first year, you get let's say ten dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and then if you play well, they're going to double your contract for right. sure. Give you for, 20 bucks. They're going to give you 20 you bucks. You get that fries and soda, baby. That's what it's all Tax about. Tax free, though. <laughs> Easy money. I like it. Okay. So, you're always out there. You're, 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 you, if you don't produce after that first year, they're, they're not getting that plus one. Yeah, they, yeah, it's a minus one after that. It's, <laughs> yeah, you're really not coming back. So, I mean, this seems like a wild life. I mean, I think a lot of people don't understand these kids or uh, young adults, these college guys that, you know, thinking about going pro and want that lifestyle. It's not a glamorous road. I mean, if you're not, um, you know, if you're not LeBron, if you're not Trey Young, if you're not these guys, like there's a lot of journeymen or I like to call them journeymen, you know, players over there in Europe where really they got to, you know, maybe like you said, one year they're in Denmark, next year they're in Poland, next year, you know, maybe they make it down to the uh, to the pro A league in, in, in Greece or whatever. It's maybe not a glamorous road so to speak i don't know would you say oh yeah for sure like uh, i seen a video the other week right and uh i forget which country this guy was in but he was a, a veteran player and uh it was right before his game was about to start and he he scanned the whole court with his phone and he, he was talking into his phone he's like all right kids i play professional ball in this place right here and this is this is the court and he scans real quick 
And then he looks back in the camera. He's like, did you guys get a, uh, a good view of the court? He's like, let me go really slow this next time. Then he films the ground first as he, and then the ground is concrete. You're kidding. It's a concrete floor and, and it has a team. Both teams are warming up already. Right, right. And, and then he's, he films real slow to the concrete, to the court. The the rim is kind of falling apart and everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then he goes back. He's like, for all you kids that think that, you know, the professional life is all, all glitz that. and glam, yeah, you never yeah. know where you're going to end up. You know what I mean? You, you, you haven't seen it all. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Some, some places like in uh, South America, you're playing in an outdoor an outdoor court. You know what I mean? It has like a, a dome Even with, like with no walls. Even like Spain and these, yeah, yeah, Northern Africa and all that stuff. They, Portugal they, or something they like that. They play outdoors like, all the time. Like, uh, yeah, we're all, we're bougie over here. We don't want to, I don't want to play outside. What are you talking about? Just there's depends pro- on where you're at. There's professionals that play outside. I, I played in Ukraine one year. Okay. I was in Lvov and it was a beautiful city. It was 800, over 800,000 people in the city. And I was right dead center in the city center. And it was so crowded that uh, we they didn't the club didn't want to give us cars because they were afraid about us crashing accidents, accidents or whatever. Stuff. Yeah, sure. People drive crazy, so they they sent the bus around to get us right. But our gym, so the gym it was freezing cold. It's, it's Ukraine, <laughs> right? So yeah. I get into the gym, and this is the first day of practice or training camp, and I have on just my basketball shorts and jersey, and like I look at the backboards, and the backboards have like ice on You're the backboards. We might as well should have played outside. We no should have played way. outside. It was that cold inside the gym. Damn. And after that, I wore sweats underneath my every shorts day. every day. I was there for half a season. I got out of it. Uh, I, I left that at the Christmas <laughs> Sorry, coach, break. Coach, it's too cold, man. I'm it's getting too out of here. That's we're, hilarious. We're playing outside. Literally, you played outside. <laughs> played outside. So you're in all these, these crazy situations and uh, different playing conditions and different countries around Europe and, and whatever. And it didn't wasn't always like this, though. No. I mean, it, it, everyone starts somewhere. You're... Um, your story is a little bit, uh, a little bit different from most. I mean, you're not, uh, you're not coming up playing in LA, highly recruited, uh, playing for all these top AAU programs. You're not uh, coming up under whoever it may be and going right into those Div One ranks and going right highly recruited into the draft. You know, late first round, second round, or whatever it may be. You took a little bit of an alternate path. Starting from what I would consider a humble place. I'm from Hawaii, correct? Yep. So, which one of the islands? Oahu. Okay. Uh, Do you have a specific? Now, I'm a foreigner, so is there a specific area or like how do you? Is there a place you claim? Uh, Waianae. Okay. Waianae is the western part of the island, and it's like the the countryside. Okay. It's one street in, one street out. Damn. And people don't really go there. It's, it's rough over there. It's one of the roughest places on the island. On the so you want, you're not going to see this place on postcards. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and people don't really go to Waianae unless you have family or, or friends down there. Right, right, you know, right. Because there's no reason for you to go down there. So how do you go from there to playing in a Euro Cup? That's a long road. Yeah. <laughs> Run us through that. What was your story? So uh, after my junior year, grade 11 is how y'all call it out here in Canada, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. After my, my 11th grade year, uh, I signed with a Division II school, Western Washington. And at this time, I didn't know what Division One, Division Two, and all oh, the, the levels of basketball. You know right. what I mean? I just wanted to play ball. Right. So I, I went to a camp in California. It was the West Full Court Press West Camp, something <laughs> like that. I don't even remember. But uh, I had some good players in there. Um, I did well. I had a few scouts you know, that recruited me out of that. And that's where I got my, my lift from Western Washington. And at this time, Western Washington was the number one uh, Division II school in the country. They They're still dominant, yeah. They still play well. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like they, I think the same coach, Coach Dominguez, is still there. But yeah. they, they just won two national titles in a row. Mm. And then I, I, they gave me a full-ride scholarship. Wow. But I, I didn't have the grades. 
And so, you know, once I, I didn't have the SAT scores, ACT, my grades were terrible. I think I graduated with 2.3. Wow. You know what I mean? So I, I was I was NCAA ineligible. No so way. scholarships ripped away. And so at this, so you weren't always this well spoken. No, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> so, this is interesting. This is interesting. All right, like, I like where this is going. So like, uh, right when the scholarship got taken away, um, like Hawaii is so small, and all the all the all the hoopers know everybody. People know, just like in the basketball People world, know. everybody yeah. knows everybody, right? Right. And so the the head assistant coach is Coach Bob Nash. He used to play for the Fab Five for University of Hawaii back in the day. He played for the Kings too when they were the Minneapolis Kings. Okay. And he has he has a son who is two years younger than me, and he was going to Ilani High School at the time. And his son was a highly recruited guy too. But uh, once my scholarship got taken away, Coach Rose or no, Coach Rose, uh, Coach uh, Nash. Found out about it, and he had a friend in uh, Nebraska, Western Nebraska Community College, who gotcha. needed a point guard. And so he ended up hooking me up with Western Nebraska, and that's how I got sent there. And I was in Scottsbluff, Nebraska, a nowhere town, right on, right on the border of Colorado and Wyoming. Not going to present a no, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, they, they gave me a full-ride scholarship. Didn't Never seen me play. It wow. was just a, you know, a friend of a friend, and, and that's how I got started playing college, and I went the junior college route. I mean, yeah, going NCAA to junior college, that's an opportunity to shine, is it not? I mean, how were you hurt by that? No, nah, not at all. I mean, because it was a second chance, really. I didn't have the grades to go to that Division II school that mm -hmm. I really wanted to go to. But it was actually a blessing in disguise because, uh, you know, after I went to this junior college, the first year we got uh, we won Region 9. We were the best team and got to go to the national tournament in Hutchinson, Kansas. And, uh, like, we had J.P. Batista that went to Gonzaga. Okay. And our shooting guard was Ryan Thompson, an Australian guy who ended up playing the, the year after for UConn. Gotcha. Uh, when they won the championship with Ben Gordon and Mecca Okafor. So you had some guys. We had, some, we had hoopers, man. And like uh, we were really good. Eight of our nine sophomores all went Division One. No way! You wow. I mean? So we, we, wow. we were That's really good. Something. We we're, were top twenty-five that year, and then uh, and then I played well as a as a first year as a freshman. You know, I was coming off the bench, but played well. And then like all these all these scouts were coming. We had Jim Beheim in the stands. Yeah, yeah. We had Calhoun in the stands. You know, these are I mean? big ass names big for people names. that don't know. Schools from all these all these mid-major schools were all at our in our practices. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. sometimes we'd have ten ten different. 10 different coaches in one practice. At a practice. At a practice. Just like sitting on the floor, sitting on the chairs, just writing notes. Sitting right next to us, writing notes, you know what I mean? No like, way. Like, like we're, we're, we're coming up to them, talking to them, they're pull, pulling some of us aside and saying they're, they're going to start recruiting us. No way. So this is the first time I ever got got to experience anything like this, right? Because mm -hmm. we also had a seven-footer, Fernando Bonfilm, who was this seven-foot Brazilian guy, huge. He was like 330, yeah. massive guy, one of so, the biggest guys yeah. I ever played for. But these, these were the guys who were attracting all these scouts. And so, of course, anybody else is on the team and we're winning, you're, too. You're getting seen, absolutely. Everyone's getting seen. So, and you didn't have that in Hawaii. And I didn't have that in Hawaii. You yeah. know what I mean? So it was it was actually a good thing that I didn't have grades. Kids, you need to have your grades, though. <laughs> we're not saying that's the route yeah. you should take. Not everybody gets lucky like but that. But it yeah. happened to work out. You have gotcha. to, you know. So, gotcha. So, uh, yeah. And then I ended up getting looks at a junior college where I, I had to stay there for, for three years at a redshirt season. And then mm. I, I got picked up by Brigham Young University. Yeah. And that's when my Division One. Route took right, off, you right. Know what I mean? for, so, for those that don't know, that's a very established NCAA program. Um, listeners will probably remember that from uh, Jimmermania and Jimmer yeah. Fredette because that was the biggest thing in basketball at one point. He was a and year that, after that me. was right after you. Yeah. So, so uh, you taking credit? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Jimmer is the man. I've been knowing Jimmer since he was a sophomore in high school. Right. So I mean, he always could fill the, you know, fill the bucket up. So he's just one of those guys that's just gifted at this scoring. range. Just range. He shoots. He can. He can handle the ball. He's crafty. 
You know what I mean? Great, great dudes. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. And w- when he came in, everybody knew Jimmy was going to be something. Well, what he turned into. Right, right. Everybody already knew it. <laughs> so he he came in after you at the two spot, or you were at the one spot. So, yeah. But uh, who was, who did, did he, was it a mentorship thing or was he just came in and he was the man type thing? Uh, the the first couple of years, I mean, he was the man every year he was there for sure, no right, doubt. But right. the first couple of years, he was splitting time or well, splitting the, whoever was the man on the team between him and Trent Playstead. Mm. And Trent Playstead, I played with him for two years, and he was a six eleven uh, power forward center. He got drafted the second round to the Pistons. Okay, but uh, he would have been a lottery if he had left after his freshman year, my mm. first year playing with him. But he stayed a little bit too long. He left after his junior year. And if you would have stayed for, they were both the same year as him and Jimmer. If you would have stayed for his senior year, there would have never been Jimmer Mania. It would have, it would have, it would have flipped the, wow. that whole script would have flipped. And it would have been both of their teams. He probably you know wouldn't get I mean? drafted so high. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. He, mm-hmm. wouldn't, he wouldn't have been the same Jimmer for sure. But then would they have gone deeper in the tournament? Possibly. Because they would have had Trent Playstead at center. They would have Brand, or Brandon Davies at center. And then uh-huh. Trent Playstead at the four with Jimmer at the, the combo spot. That's dangerous. So it would have been it would have been a nice team, and yeah. I think Jackson Emery would have played the the three. That guy shoots from the logo. Oh, yeah. So they I, yeah. they had a squad, and then they're well coached. I mean, Coach Rose has those guys. He's one of the most. I think he's like top five right now for active coaches. For see, that's most that's crazy. That's crazy to me, right? That that yeah. that level of excellence, and that's I mean, we talk about BYU. You don't hear it. Maybe it's in terms. I mean, it's definitely not mid major for sure. It, it's definitely they call it that, but it's not. But it's BYU, not exactly. BYU's top twenty five every year. Every we were year. 19th when I was so, there. So so when when you hear BYU, you might think I don't. I don't think that you think mid major. No no part of me thinks mid major. I don't think anybody thinks like right? that. Right, really. even though it is classified. So uh, BYU is in there with the the Louisville's and the, and the, even the Kentuckys and the Dukes. Like they're they're there. They're right there they're with up the. There. Um, uh, you know the Georgetowns and all that, so they're definitely prominent. But I mean, to take how many guys are going from a JUCO, junior college, or even a Division two, and then going to uh, mid majors or or those top twenty five colleges? Is that super common? It, it, it's not. Well, for junior college, it's very common for players to go to the Division one level for sure because. Right. Uh, you only can play two years at a junior college And that's level. a grades thing, too, a lot of the time as well. That's what pretty much it makes up the whole junior college level. Pretty much is a bunch of Division One players without grades. Right. You know what I mean? But from the Division Two level? The, from the Division Two, it's a lot harder because I mean, if you're going to move from Division Two to Division One, I think you lose one year of eligibility. You've used your, yeah. You, you got to use one, one year. And most people will use it as a redshirt if they haven't already redshirted. Right. So if it's somebody like me, if I'm playing Division Two and I had the same three years that I did at junior college where I had a redshirt season, then I would lose my junior season going into BYU mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. that was a, junior, a, a division two that I went to first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it just depends on on your route. Everybody's route is different, but the junior college route, a lot of kids don't know about, about junior college. When they hear junior college, it sounds like high Man, school or yeah, something, whatever, something right? like that. You know, in Hawaii, you know, all my friends, when I heard that, that, that I was going to junior college, they're like, you're going to junior college? Damn, I, they did I, you dirty, yeah. All, our junior college, we have one junior college in Hawaii, and they don't have any sports. Editor, okay. <laughs> so this, this is what Hawaii looks at junior college. Right, like, right, you know, right. Junior college, like, you ain't playing nothing, you know? Yeah. Come on now, yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess Sean ain't going nowhere. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess that's a wrap. Yeah, he was really something, and then he just he couldn't get it straight. So, um, so then, I mean, that's would, how would you classify your success at BYU? I mean, you obviously had a great team. But did you? What were the expectations, and how do you think you filled them? Well, uh, and another thing is when, when people when schools recruit junior college players, they expect them to come in right away and contribute. You yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah. you're you're an, you're an experienced player. Yeah, you've you developed got, a little bit. You're not a kid out of high school anymore. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know how to run a team and stuff like that, especially at the point guard spot that I play. 
but I was more of a scorer coming out of junior college and they, I got to re, you know, hone my skills and as a PG, a pure PG when I got to BYU. But uh, I came in and I did well. The, the point guard who was there before me was Austin Ainge, Danny Ainge's son. Yeah. So Danny Ainge used to be at all the games and stuff. He used to come watch, it was great. And then uh, Austin, I used to call him, he's like the, he, he, in his mind, he thinks like Michael Jordan. You know, he, as a competitor uh, uh, yeah uh, no 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 the the way he thinks is, is like michael jordan but the way he plays is like steve kirk <laughs> you know what i mean like like, like okay like he, okay. he's one of the smartest players i've ever played with you know what i mean like like and sometimes in the huddles when we're in the huddle a uh, coach is calling timeouts right during the game and we're, we're all waiting for the coach to drop a play and we'll see we'll see austin ainge getting yeah, in there yeah. drawing up a play you know no what way. i mean like hey, that, it's in his jeans it's in his jeans like like he, yeah. he was smart a lot of people hate on him but he's one of the smartest players i've ever seen you know yeah, i mean yeah, i played yeah. with hundreds of players yeah gotcha. you know what i mean and that's the reason why he's i mean i think he's currently uh coaching for the celtics right now yeah you know what i mean but an anyway. assistant role right correct yeah yeah but he, he he's one of the youngest he was the youngest coach head coach in the the, the d league when it was a d league mm. he got the when the main red clouds had their expansion year and they were the affiliates of the celtics he mm. was the head coach from right when he graduated from byu he got the head assistant coaching job at southern utah wow and then the year after he was a head coach for the main red clouds in the d league when their southern expansion utah year. is not a bad place either too that, that's a right out of out of right at right out of byu going right to that position uh, that's impressive uh, right so head and, assistant yeah. <laughs> uh, still i mean you know what that's uh so to those people that say that he just got that celtic job because of his father nah nah, nah uh, austin, austin is a he's an iq genius like gotcha. he can <laughs> I learned a lot from him, you know mm -hmm. what I mean. Even though I was, I was, I was playing ahead of him. Some games he started over me, you know what I mean. Like, like oh no way, oh yeah, damn. Like he, he can get the job done for sure. But I mean, when it came to matchups or more athletic players, and then of course I would have to play in front of him. But gotcha. for, for the most part, we split minutes when I was there. Right. I played well though. I played well. I didn't get to finish my senior year. That's another story. Okay. But uh, yeah. Another story you want to get into? Or one of, <laughs> yeah, we one, can if you want. One of those stories you want to kick, yeah. uh, kiss over here. But uh, so. You, Sorry, you went so run me through your years of eligibility here. So you went through again. So uh, Division two didn't work out because of the grades, and then all of a sudden you go to the Ju JUCO. Mm -hmm. So remind everybody the system then there. How many years of eligibility do you have if you do go to a ju junior college? How many do you have left if you have ten one year? So if you if you're if you're NCAA eligible, right? If you have the grades coming out of high school, but yep. you didn't get recruited or anything, so you went the junior college route, you can play one year and transfer out to any other school that you want. And have and you do not have to redshirt. And you don't have to redshirt. Sit out. Yeah. And you'll so after you play that one year at junior college, then you can have three years of eligibility anywhere else, plus a redshirt if you mm -hmm. if you didn't use that first year as a redshirt. But you can have three more years of eligibility anywhere else that you go. So then you use those full three years at BYU. You could. Yeah. And then if you're in NCAA ineligible, like I was, I didn't have the grades out of high school or the SAT scores and stuff. So you have to spend two years playing oh, okay. at the junior college level. You have to. There's no right. way around it. Right. And then you would only have two more years to play anywhere else that you get a scholarship or you decide to play somewhere else. You only have two more years. To play. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, I mean, as someone that knows the system quite well, because you've gone through it and, uh, and you're soon to be coaching in it. Um, how do you feel about the one and dones? Do you feel like we should retreat back to how, I mean, Kevin Garnett, Kobe Bryant, these guys came right out of high school and made amazing livings for themselves. And then, I mean, there's the emergence of the JBA and all that, but do you feel like the NCAA is doing an injustice? Are you on their side or in terms of getting a college education or any thoughts on that? I think if, if you're physically and mentally ready for the NBA, you should be able to go. Right. You should be able to play, do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Because NCAA takes advantage of people anyway. 
it's <laughs> it, 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 it's a big it's a big money maker you know it, I mean, it's that, huge. that's all it is the those whoever goes through ncaa ranks and i wish you know it, it was for all the people that's reason why ed o'bannon had that big case court case against the ncaa which they ended up paying uh, a bunch of whoever went through the ncaa they ended up giving everybody money back mm. which was nothing i think some people one of my teammates i think got like 200 bucks or something like that i forget what the how <laughs> much money joke. they actually won but that's a I mean, joke yeah it's a joke i mean like because a lot of kids who who play at that or any level they're college kids they don't have any money you know yeah. a lot of people especially especially with me i didn't have any money my family didn't have any money i was lucky that i had a scholarship right or probably wouldn't ever would have never, never happened would, never would have happened you know yeah. i mean i've been playing in my backyard still yeah you know what i mean so like the i believe if you're ready to to play at the uh in the professional level overseas or the nba they should let them do it gotcha and i think the reason why that they are uh changing the rules and, and it's going to happen i think next year is because of the emergence of the JPA. Mm. So whatever's going on with times that, are changing. Know. Times are changing. Times for are sure. changing. The business businesses. Uh, I mean, the amount of interest, especially in American college sports, is just insane, and the, the revenue generated from that is preposterous. Like it, yeah. it truly is. I mean, college basketball is one thing, and I mean, listen, you go to a Kentucky, you know, uh, North Carolina game, that's going to be insane. That's a once in a lifetime experience. But if you go to, you know, like a, a col- uh, college football game. <laughs> Get out of here, right? Man, they're making millions a year exactly. per school. <laughs> exactly. Per <So>. sport. <laughs> and then that program pays for the other programs yeah. and, and runs the school and gets those bonus checks going and all that. The so. coach is getting paid. The school's like, getting paid. Players not getting players a dime. Players ain't getting a dime. Right. Not even jersey sales. They're selling their jerseys, not even getting none of that. Yeah, it's uh I mean that's a whole that's a whole nother conversation we could go deep into. But yeah. I mean, just to revert back to your story a little bit. So how did you you say you didn't play your senior year, and you still went to the professional ranks. Yeah, so uh, we were we were battling we we're battling to see who was the first the top team in the Mountain West Conference. BYU was in the Mountain West. When this is your junior there. year. This is my senior year. Okay. So uh, I, I finished my whole junior year. Okay. And uh, we made it we made it to the NIT tournament that year, and we lost in the first round to Houston. Okay. And we're a bubble team. We we almost made the March Madness that year. Right. We so, had, so yeah. So the so the NIT is the National Invitational Tournament. Yep. Um, basically, for those that don't know, it's those teams that maybe didn't get that wild card spot, so to say, into the tournament, into the big dance. Um, they they still want to play postseason, and they're still all very good teams. And there's yep. um, there's good money to be made on that tournament as well. Um, yep. And so they get an opportunity to play and and slug it out, even though they might not be the top of the top. They're still extremely well. So you played against uh, who in the first round? We lost to Houston. Houston, Houston in the first round. Yeah, yeah. So again, great program as well. So yeah. So and they had a guy named Oliver who I ran up against in Lithuania years years down. Okay. Anyway, no yeah. Another question. <laughs> Let me back back to the the question, but uh. Yeah, we had a really good team that year, twenty-one and nine. We were ranked nationally that year, two top twenty-five, and then we finished in the NIT. We're a bubble team, and then the next year we're a top twenty-five again. And uh, it was a now your senior year. Now it's my senior year. My gotcha. last my last season with BYU. This is two thousand and it's two thousand seven. God, you old man. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so we're uh, as leading into I think the month of December, and preseason just finished. And I was struggling too going into the regular season, and now we're playing against San Diego State, who is uh, they have them picked to win the whole conference, and us picked second, and we're playing them in Provo at home. You know they have Marcus Slaughter, Brandon Heath, Mark, and both of them are Euro League, Euro Cup players. Great you know fan I mean? base out there too. Yep, yeah. I played against Brandon Heath in uh, in Poland, mm. and he's still playing currently. Both of them. 
But uh, yeah, it was against them. So Richie Williams, who he's in Pro A Germany, he was the point guard that year. But uh, yeah, really good team. We had a good team, and we're playing them at home. We had, I had a great game. I had twenty one and like seven assists, something like that. We yeah. ended up, we ended up winning. And then that that night, I uh, I ended up getting pulled over for a, a, a reckless driving in DUI. No, no way. Yeah. So and of course, uh, for BYU, you have there's a bunch of rules. They call it the honor code system. Right. And so it's a very strict school where you have to follow all the. It's a Christian school. It's a Mormon school. Sorry, excuse me. Yeah, that yeah. My, my ignorance right there, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not on that wave so much. But uh, so, so they're very much an honor code. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the LDS Mormon Church is is B is what makes up BYU and pretty much every the whole student body. But like I think it's two percent of the university that's not LDS. Wow. And probably over half of that is athletes. And the rest would be just little sprinkles of people who just Here, goes, this yeah, there, yeah, who goes yeah. to the school, but pretty much everybody's LDS at the school. But if you sign or if you even go to the school or you sign a letter of intent to play for BYU, you have to abide by the honor code. Right. And so, uh, like, there's no drinking, no smoking, no sex, no uh, caffeine. Damn. No caffeine? No, no earrings, no facial hair. You're like, kidding. There's a bunch of rules. Like, it's a bunch of rules. So yeah. as athletes, you're very strict to that code? Like, no caffeine? Yeah, like, college, they, 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 they don't even sell, they don't they don't even sell caffeine soda on campus or anywhere around campus. And they, all of Provo, everything's caffeine free. Man, that's got to be a huge Heavy dropout bit. rate. Come on now, <laughs> I, don't no you, I don't know how you get through college without no coffee, no tea, like, <laughs> no tea, no, no green tea, no nope, no, no that. tea. Like, oh nothing. my god! Jeez, everyone's wearing Water. sweatpants. You, you show too much neck. You got a problem, man. Oh, yeah. You can cover up your ears, no man. No cleavage. They look at you like you're a stripper or something. It's, wow. uh, it's, it's crazy. Wow. It's a different world. Okay. So, I mean, but I mean, BYU is an amazing place. Uh, the the school, the facilities, everything, the people, amazing. Okay. You know I mean, so you know, I, I made a mistake. I was young. You know what I mean? And just living my own life. This was in San Diego. This is no. This was in Provo. So. Uh, yeah, and that's what ended my my playing career at BYU. I ended up still I was able to to continue school and finish, which was great. But right. my basketball career was finished at BYU. Wow, uh, what a just for a one night. Yeah, Damn. and so yeah, and after that, I mean, I was pretty much on my on my own, right? Because uh, the program didn't want to have they didn't want anything to do with me really. So they allowed you to stay in school and finish at your degree. Yeah, yeah, uh, but just athletically. I was done. So they're very black and white, very yeah, uh, none of that at all. Yeah. yeah and, they, they blackballed me right away. And so, sorry, it was just like, literally, there's no like hard drugs involved. There's no, no. like assault involved. There's no, no. Like, there's nothing. It's, it's the honor code. You, you, you're not allowed, you know. Uh, you had some caffeine in your system and maybe a little something else, but that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was a wrap. So, yeah. So I, I pretty much was starting at ground zero again, basketball wise. Wow. And, you know, I ended up going to a camp over the summer where I met this guy, Alex Hartman, who uh, he's a creator of Shoot360, which is blowing up all over the U.S. There's yeah. a, it started in Beaverton, Oregon, and now it's in L.A. Mm -hmm, they have mm -hmm. this huge facility, and it's the, the future of basketball is what they call it in all sports magazines. Training facility. It's a training facility. Amazing. So if you guys haven't heard of it, look it up. It's amazing. But uh, I met him at this big man guard camp in Oregon, in Eugene. And, uh, and then uh, after that, I was... I was working on a, at a farm here in Canada. 
throughout the year. You know, I mean, I'm mucking stalls and uh, walking horses. <laughs> Things out really went here. downhill for Rashawn. He yeah. just, you know, next thing you know, he's in a car going a little too fast. Yeah. Next thing you know, he's shoveling shit out the horse. But top twenty five in the country. You know next, what I mean? Starting point guard, then you know, I'm shoveling. Caffeine doo-doo. is evil, people. That's a gateway drug for sure. Check yourselves. Anyway, so you end up in Canada. You went to this big man camp in Oregon. So, you, so at this point, when you graduate, are you thinking I want to play professionally? What did you get your degree in? What's your college education? In? Sociology. Okay, no way. Okay, uh, awesome. So, which I won't use it for anything but coaching. But <laughs> regardless, let's not shit on the system too much. But um, so at this point, you're like, I'm going straight pro, or are you exploring different avenues? I mean, obviously, you ended up in a ranch, so. Well, I mean, like, I, I'm just like anybody else uh, that, 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 you know, after they finish their university careers, everybody, you know, everybody wants to try their luck at playing professionally. Sure. So, I mean, I, I went to camps and everything like that. You know, I mean, I went, I, I tried out for a, a D-League team, uh, the Idaho Stampede. Yeah. There was an old, uh, old BYU coach that was uh, coaching at the Stampede during that time. And he told me about the tryout. So, I went, I tried my luck there, made it to the last cut, didn't make it. Tough. You know what I mean, and uh, and then I I was in the the Chinese draft camp, made it to the last cut, didn't make it. No way. You know what I mean. But then after that, it's just like you know, what's next type of deal. You know what I mean. My right. my, my daughter who was about to be born months later. Wow. And which she's Canadian, so I ended up coming to Canada. Wow. You know what I mean, and I had to just not just train and work until my my next opportunity showed up. And the the year passes by, and this is when the the Edmonton Chill started up in the international basketball. Crazy. League. And I played in there, which the the coach was Paul Sir. So you were in you were in Alberta working at a ranch. Yep. yep. See now, if I'm a guy in in Edmonton, Canada, and I'm working with a guy at a ranch, I'm I was not, in Calgary at the ranch. If if, you, if I'm in Calgary and I'm shoveling shit with some dude, I'm not. I'm not thinking he's probably going to go have an illustrious professional basketball career. You know, I, I think they thought I was bullshitting too. When, when they're like, what, what, are you, what, are you, what are you trying to do? I'm just working here so I can make some money for my family and I'm going to try to play professional basketball. I mean, like, like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, I mean, for people that are just listening, Rashawn sits at maybe 5'11". 5'11 and three quarters with shoes. Six foot. I'm going to call you six foot. <laughs> just underneath six foot. If I'm shoveling shit with some six foot Hawaiian guy, I'm not thinking. Samoan. Samoan guy. Yeah. I'm not thinking he's going professional. There's no knock against you or Samoans, but I'm just saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, and so you end up in this I, IBL. No, IBL. IBL. International Basketball League. Uh, so for those that haven't heard of it, is it like, can you please explain? Uh, the Inter- International Basketball League, I-, I don't think it's running anymore. And if it is, it's only on the West Coast, which will be only in Washington and Oregon. Okay. And the guy who made it is originally from Portland, Oregon. And he mm. made all these teams on the West Coast. There was one in L.A. There was another team on the East Side in, in- Indiana. And and then there- we were the only team in Canada. Vancouver had a team in there for one season. Then they, they-, they fell off. It was Titans? the Vancouver Titans. There we go. Brandon, I know a couple guys have played on a Brandon and LSF yeah, for sure. Yep. And they played for one season and then they stopped. But we were the only team in Canada. It was, I think it went from the chill the first year and then they switched owners and it became the energy. And it went on for five, for five summers. And the season lasts from April until about late June, early July. And it's pretty much for, for like guys who's coming back overseas and they can just, you know, make a couple extra dollars and stuff like that and and get to stay in shape pretty much. Stay in game shape. Then there's also guys who are trying to look to get another job. Trying to break in. Trying to break into the game gotcha. like I was at the time. Gotcha, you know? gotcha. And so when when I ended up playing for the Edmonton Chill, I ran up against uh, my friend Alex that I met at that Eugene camp. Oh, okay. 
And so, uh, you know, we're, we're keeping in contact throughout, you know, throughout the, the year, every now and then. Yeah, as players do, here, you, know, there, yeah. you know. And uh, then he signed in Romania. Mm. And when he was in Romania already, his agent at the time was Paul Kevin, Virtus, Virtus uh, Management out of Seattle. Okay. And, and Alec, the team asked Alex, do you know a point guard? And then I was like, yeah, I know this guy. I met him. Uh, he's real good. Uh, and that's when he gave his agent my contact info. And then I got the call actually on my birthday on August 5th. And that's when I signed my first contract to Romania. And it was a, it was a two-week tryout deal, though. You're kidding. Yeah, so I went there on a two-week tryout. And I ended up becoming the – I was ready. I became the starting point guard, fifth leading scorer in the league. And that's when my, my uh, career started out in Europe. From a ranch in Calgary. From a ranch in Calgary. And then I met the right person a year before and ran up against him again. And then he got a job and referred me. And that's how it started. And that's life. And then you're going to have an 11 year career. Yeah, and, and frankly, I, could have had a 15 year career. I could still go right now for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I chose to stop. I can go for another two or three years. My agent didn't want me stopping. That's for sure. Of course but he didn't. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. making a couple of dollars Bastard, off yeah. me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So you're in the Romania now. You hit this tryout deal. So is that like if we're to equate this to NBA terms, that's like a 10 day contract. Yeah. Or a training camp contract. Yep, training camp. So probably not a lot of cash. No, no. Uh, I think I, I was living off a of per diem, and and I if I made the team, and then my contract would start. Right. Yeah. So it was like bare nothing. Yeah, I pretty thing. much had to take my ten twenty dollars that I had in my pocket <laughs> and take it all the way acro- halfway across the world to try. Right. To play. So you were at the dollar menu at this point. You hadn't oh. even get the, they haven't get the Big Mac yet. I got I, you. I'm making my own ramen noodles. Yeah, and stuff. That's, <laughs> it. that's it. That's all you got Bread going and on. Butter, like. <laughs> so again. How the hell that happens, I don't know. I mean, like, luck of fate, I don't call it what you will. Hard work, opportunity, yeah. preparation. It's a lot of things you could take from that. Um, something I take from that personally is probably optimism. Yep. Like, that had to be a tough position to be in. For sure. I mean, looking at your career, from a guy that you know, knows you a little bit, it's just I'm seeing these ups and these downs, these ups and these downs, ups and these downs. And fucking a lot of inconsistency mm-hmm. just in terms of whether that's just a stroke of bad luck i mean how many i don't know and i don't uh, want to assume but how many ncaa athletes have a drink shit damn near all of them unless they're going to byu <laughs> <laughs> right so we're the driest school in the in the country the driest just, school just add yeah. that in there they, they say it on espn every year the driest school in the country driest school so in the country to be in that situation and have maybe a couple strokes of bad luck, but to stay prepared, stay ready. So when yeah. you did that, did get that call, did go to that training camp and did, you know, take that. I mean, taking that first flight over to Europe is a hell of an experience, right? Because it's a different world out there. And for the, the people that don't know, haven't been or haven't uh, played on any level over there, it's uh Basketball is the only common language, and and that's the only thing that you're connected to anybody else through. I mean, you don't know the food, you don't know the language, you don't know the women, you don't like. There's nothing. You're dressing different. You're speaking different. There's no way to communicate. The only thing you have in common is like, yeah, I can put this ball through a hoop, and you're trying to coach me put this ball through a hoop. I mean, I'm sure you've had situations where like you're in a huddle and. Coach isn't speaking your language. Uh, that my first coach. Your first coach. My first speaking Romanian. He's Romanian. He didn't speak any any English. One of the one of the, the assistant coach spoke a little bit. Okay. But like th- this is where I. I mean, good thing I, I seen what, what was it? He. Uh, what's that movie? Not he got game, but. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where I should know, but I don't know if I know. 
The girl, uh, the girlfriend, and the guy both went to USC. Love oh, and basketball. Love and basketball. Hell love yeah, and basketball. There yeah. we go. So you, you remember when, when she was playing in Spain, and yeah, then the, yeah. the coach is talking and this and that. Then then she leans over. What did he say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She said, oh, "Just give you the ball and you score." Yeah, go score. Yeah, yeah. yeah put it oh, in. Okay. You know, that, that, that's pretty yeah. much what it was, and 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 that's where where I knew that when my coach didn't speak English, I just had to pay attention to what he, what he drew up on the board. So your X's and O's game got real tight. Yeah, my X's, it was already pretty good just coming out of BYU, but going playing overseas and you sometimes you don't have a coach that speaks English. Next you, level. Yeah, you got to step it up. Yeah. Because if you don't, you don't know how to read the X's and O's and you're going to Europe and you get stuck with a coach that don't speak English, you might be on your way out if you don't know how to read, read if you were the to say, If you were to say a percentage of coaches over there on uh, Pro A, Division One, you know, top, ish level euro cup not necessarily euro league um how many coaches are like speaking english or at the high level the high level leagues all of them speak all english. of them but like all i'm talking them. about again the pro a's and and kind of that one step down where guys aren't necessarily superstars yeah right it just all depends on the club like uh if the if it's the type of club that has money and then they, or it's a club that really, you know, that, that really wants the coach to be able to communicate with the players. Like, right. And they're not going to just put anybody at the helm of the team. Like then, you know, the coach will speak English, but gotcha. it really just depends on how the club thinks and how they want to run their team mm. pretty much. And how many imports you have coming in. Yeah. Now, uh, again, just me having a brief basketball experience in Denmark, the way that we have it is, or the way that they have it over there is there's two import spots for mm -hmm. North Americans. How is that fluid across de uh, across Europe or the leagues that you played in? Or is that a pretty a standard number, so to speak? Uh, no. In most leagues in Europe, I would say it's around like five. Five, yeah. Five to seven. Like right. the Romanian league when I was there, it was, it was eight, actually. Oh, no when way. I, was there. I think now it's five or six. Right. Lithuania is five. Germany is unlimited, and that's one Germany's of unlimited. Germany's unlimited, so that's why everyone's going over to the, the Bundesliga and, uh, and yeah. all that stuff. So, yeah, that's uh, I know in some of the Scandinavian countries in Sweden, Norway, Denmark, uh, Iceland, they try to limit it because they're trying to grow basketball. Yeah. The, Asian, the Asian market is two. Yeah, Asian market is two as well. So, yeah. but I mean, even if even if regardless if, if there's two, you got to be the Michael Jordan of that team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's no you, doubt. You no have doubt. to be the number one option or yeah. the number two option. Or, you know, a, a facilitator point guard like yourself. I mean, did you have a season where you averaged less than 10 points? You couldn't have. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I had a season like that. But my, my, my team didn't need me to be that number one option. Sure. So what did that... So then the assist must have been, been crazy. My, yeah, I, I was topping assists for sure. So like what, six, seven, eight, I, nine. I think the, I was averaging nine points this year and I was leading the league in assists. I was like six, exactly. six assists. Exactly. So yeah. like that's... You're doing a lot of heavy lifting. There's no yeah. way you're in those top two spots. And you're not doing a lot of heavy lifting. For sure. Um, and I think a lot of guys don't understand that from a uh, Canadian and American yeah. uh, point of view. It's like, oh, yeah, I can go play on that level. Well, yeah, you can go play on that level, but you have to you have to be number one option or number one facilitator or number one rebounder. You have to be a star or else they're just not, they're not going to pay for you. And there's yep. so many of you guys coming over that you have to be the cream of the crop. Oh yeah. It's like, a cutthroat business. Like if you're not producing, you're done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, or injured or injured. Like it depends on what you have in your contract. For me, if I was injured for my first month, I still get full pay. If I'm out for a month, second mm. month, I get half mm. third month. The club has a choice. They can either keep me, Send me home. You know what I mean? And some guys, they don't have that. You know right. I mean, they don't have those clauses where it'll help them out. But like, uh, it just depends on, on what kind of contract you have, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so from there, 
again, Romania, you just played one season there? Yeah. Successful season for you personally? Yeah, personally, it was one of my highest scoring seasons. Uh, I was averaging 17 that year. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, 17 as a as a 5, 11, and 3 quarters point guard yeah. out um, of uh, a junior college. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really. And I'm not trying to put you down, but I'm no, just saying. Right? I mean, I could put that a couple different ways, well, but um, that's impressive yeah. uh, in a top league. Yeah. So from there, that team didn't resign you. You'd think if you had such a successful uh, season, that team would be all over you. Oh, they they wanted me back, but uh, I, I wanted to. It's a way you got to play the game out there. Like there, there's some leagues you don't want to spend too long in. Okay. Because there's some leagues that aren't looked at as as high caliber leagues. Mm. And so at at that time, the Romanian league wasn't one of those high leagues where you can go from from playing in the, the Romanian league to like Euro Cup or Euro League or Champions League, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like the vision that I have for myself, like money isn't what drives me. It's okay. not, not, not when it comes to playing, you know what I mean? Like I feel I can play with anybody out at any level. And, and what drove me my whole career to, to get better is, is trying to get to the Euro League level. And of course I have the NBA dream, what player doesn't, you know what I mean? So of, of course. course I still had it in the back of my head, oh, I can still make it to the NBA. I remember I texted Danny Ainge one summer. And he never he never replied back to me. But uh, <laughs> like, Austin, your dad left me on red. What's yeah, going on? Like, Come like, on hey, yeah, Austin, I know you. Yeah. I hope you hear this. But <laughs> you you want to have dinner? Like I, I come over to your house. Like <laughs> Danny, I, I wrote you. Where's my message? Like yeah, no, you know, no. I mean, he, he never wrote me back, and whatever, you know what I mean. So, but I always had in the back of my head that I want to play in the NBA. But if not, I want to make it to the highest level in in Europe that I can, which is Euroleague. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's what drove me, and I even turned down contracts sometimes that was for more money just to play in a higher league. Right. So that was kind of your mind state. I mean, you were sorry. What age were you at this point? After your first year, I was twenty three. So you're twenty three years old. I mean, any twenty three year old. I mean, I can relate. Most of us are driven by money. (laughs) I mean, like that's we got a lot of testosterone coming out of our ears. You know what I mean? So money is important to a lot of us. Um, But sure, you had different ulterior motives that maybe were more humble um, and more honorable, which is awesome. But that was that that was really your mindset in terms of I just want to get to the highest league. Yeah. It wasn't about I mean, you're kind of, you know, for those that don't know Rashan, Rashan's, you know, again, military family background, um, very much professional dude. Um, so coming out of your first year in Europe, there's a lot of lifestyle changes that happen there. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of if you're an American on, if you are in that one spot, two spot, or three spots for those Americans, those communities embrace you. It's not like sports mm-hmm. over here. I mean, correct me if I'm saying anything incorrect, because again, um, maybe I'm wrong, but if you go to, for instance, if you play in the semi-pro leagues out here, um, if you play in the NAPB, uh, even the D-League, or sorry, excuse me, the G-League, um, those cities aren't embracing you yeah, like they would there. in Europe. Yeah. What was that experience like? It was great because, I mean, because you get somewhat of a celebrity type of lifestyle, you know what I mean, off the court. Because wherever you go, people people know you. People know you. you know yeah. I mean, you're playing in their NBA. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So so that that was cool. You know what I mean? And, and just, just being around that and, you know, you, you don't really get that feeling. The last time I had that feeling was maybe when I was at BYU. Right, you know right, I mean? right. Because everybody knows when you're walking around campus, you got all got on your all BYU the gear, gear and all that. that. Yeah, you know, yeah, everybody yeah. comes to your games. I mean, we average 17,000 people at our games. You know what I mean? So, wow. 
our arena is the fourth biggest arena in yeah. the U.S. Not like twenty-two thousand, uh, eight hundred, some. Not like a that. drop of liquor. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I don't know if we could even convince seventeen thousand people to come out to to a game where there's no booze. But anyways, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. So like like, and a lot of people get lost in that though. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you, you get you get a taste of that celebrity life or whatever, and then you lose that focus. You know what I mean? And you start partying this and that. And believe me, when everybody knows you, everybody also sees what you're doing. Right. You can't go out to you're some exposed. Club. You're exposed. You know, you're telling on yourself really if you're going out. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. when you get to the next level, you really have to you have to live like you are or playing for BYU. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Good thing I experienced that early on in my career or in my university days where I was at BYU and I learned how to be professional, right. even though it didn't end the way that I wanted to end. But sure. I still took something away from it. You know sure. what I mean? So that's sure. that, that's yeah. how I lived my professional life where, I mean, you don't want to be doing stuff you're not supposed to. You know what I mean? But you're 23 years old. 23 and years. You're, you're making money off basketball. Yeah. But that's the reason why I got to play until I'm 34 years old because... So you clearly was, figured it out. Yeah. I figured it out at an early age because right. I've seen them come and go. Guys who've only played one year and then they're done. Right. I mean, that happens all the time just, I mean, across professions. I mean... Uh, obviously in a business background guys land their first contract or you know mm -hmm. as advisors they land their first big book or whatever it is I mean they're they're buying that Bentley like they're, yeah. they're buying that BMW I guarantee it like even if they make $80,000 in a year they're buying that $80,000 car soon as they sign that contract <laughs> right and, and in, in a in a space like sports and athletics not to put it down because I live in that but uh, let's be honest like we attract egos for sure i mean we attract douchebags we attract extremely individualistic driven people most athletes are douchebags absolutely and uh and to not be one is a feat in itself but so to, to to go down that and have that be in that situation and whatever that may entail and i'm not trying to get into specifics but let's just say it was probably no byu um, yeah. <laughs> um sure. you know what i mean <laughs> and uh so was that recognized in you by like when you sat down with GMs, when you sat down with uh, media, whatever? Was it like, oh no, this is Rashani's a little bit uh, different in terms of his approach to the game, or was it just something you kept and you internalized, and you might have had a different personality on the court? I just think that's just how I was raised, really. You know what I mean? Right. Like I've always been the same. I mean, I do. I make mistakes just like anybody else, mm -hmm. but I mean, I was always the type of guy that. I try to do what's right all the time, you know what I mean? I try to be nice and treat everybody the same. Yeah. And I, I think that's what just rubs off people. Like when they meet me and they get to know me as a person, everybody everybody knows who I am. And, mm -hmm. and, it, and it's followed me like that from team to team. Like, you know, like whatever team you play for next, they always go back, they refer back to the team you played for before. Everyone's talking. Yeah, everyone's, everyone's talking. talking. What type of player is this guy? What is he doing his off time? Is he out partying? Is he drinking? Blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Gotcha. And my, my, my agent is Lithuanian. And, you know, even when he first met me and he's like, you're not like any of the other Americans I represent you know, or I've seen and this and that. And even the way he, he talks to other GMs and teams like that. And he tells right. everybody who I am and, you know, and what type of person I am. So, I mean, like... When you meet me, you kind of, this is what you get. You know what I mean? That's just who I am. So it is what it is. Yeah, it I'm is here. It is what it is. pretty much a, you know, from my experience, you're an open book, so to speak. <laughs> like, you're not, there's not, it's not, I'm going, I'm going to, I mean, of course, you're always discovering new things about people, but it's not for like, sure. you're a couple years down the line, you know, it's not going to take a, a twist for the bad. Oh, yeah, Rashawn's actually, you know, he's a self-absorbed douchebag. You know, it's <laughs> not like one of those front type things. So that's awesome. But even with, and what people don't know, uh, Octagon is, again, one of the top agencies in the world? Yeah, it's top five. 
like so I'm assuming your friend from the ranch in Calgary didn't just walk into that. And that was probably a different agency that he was with. How does one, I mean, for all the basketball players out there listening and all the guys in college uh, that are maybe thinking about this, how does one, because the key is really in the agent and the agency you're with, how does one align with somebody like that or an organization like that? Do you get picked? Do you get hand plucked? Do you have to go and search? Are you submitting resumes? Like, how do how do you how do you find an agent like that? It's funny because when I was playing for the Edmonton Chill, one of my one of my teammates during that time, Lee Scruggs, he played at Georgetown back in the day when they had Sweetney in him and went to the uh, I think they were Sweet Sixteen. Sweet Sixteen, yeah, yeah, okay. Sweet Sixteen that year. But he's six eleven, looks like Tim Duncan. Same, same, game, <laughs> same game and everything. Right, right. He's coaching now. Big in North, fundamental. North Carolina, big fundamental. He was not nice stroke. He was really good. But uh, at that time, he was with Octagon, and Keith Crater was his agent at the time. And I remember I was I was killing the the IBL, and yeah. then, uh, Lee was trying to hook me up with Keith, but Keith was his big time agent for Octagon at the time. He's still in Octagon right now. No way. I, I've never talked with him after, but. Uh, and I talked to Keith over the phone. He was like, sorry, Sean, you know what I mean? But pretty much telling me I'm small time and he can't help me out because he only works with guys who play at the Euro Cup level and up, Euro League wow, yeah. and this and that. And that's where, where my agent is at right now. But uh, and fast forwarding to when I first meet Solius Switkowskis, uh, who is my current agent right now, and my best friend, we're both the same age also, you know what I mean? Which age doesn't mean, matter. It yeah, doesn't mean anything, sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but... Uh, when I first met Solius, he was just starting out in the, in the agency business too, and he had his own agency called uh, Jumpstart. Mm-hmm. Jumpstart Agency. It was him and his partner, Ivaldis, and uh, my good friend Derek Lowe from uh, from Hawaii. He went to Washington State, played for the U.S. Pan Am team. Really good. He had a six seven year career overseas, and now he's he's training. He's the top trainer in Hawaii right now. Oh no way! He's like the Michael Jordan of Hawaii. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. And Local icon, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, me and him were rivals. Like we were. Oh no way! We're both point guards. You know what I mean? So we grew okay. up playing against each other from high school. I played against him when he was at Washington Hawaii State. Hawaii legends. And then we played against each other in Europe. A few in times, Europe, so, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, so we yeah. played. It's like Larry Bird and Maggie Johnson playing every documentary level. coming soon. I hope, it uh, be I hope nice. so. All right, producers, Hawaii, reach, out, sure. reach, really out, nice. reach out, reach out, reach out. But, uh, yeah, so Derek hooked me up with Solius, and then, you know, it was just hard work. I, I didn't have an agent at the time after I uh, finished that season in Romania, and I left that Paul Kevin guy because he wasn't doing anything for me after that great year that I had. He didn't have right. any offers for me. And then Derek hooks me up with Solius and with his Jumpstart agency, and then that's how we started. We started with hard wow. work. He was building up his client, his clientele and getting players' jobs everywhere on top teams and everything like that. And I was playing well, you know what I mean? So it, we just kept building every year until Octagon noticed what we were doing. Right. And then they, they welcomed us aboard, and that's how we got on Octagon. And that's how you spent – I mean, maybe that's not how, but that's an instrumental part. I don't think you'd say otherwise of having that longevity in Europe. Uh, I mean, I don't think – was there any point in Europe where you were like – this might be it. Never. 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 I, I've never thought like that ever in my life. Like, really? Like, I, I remember seeing kids in high school, my teammates, and other people around, you know, like when you lose in the state championship. Right, right. The one in, you know, you losing your That done, feeling, yeah. Your senior, senior year, you have to win the championship. Ship, it's your last it's time no. ever putting on a jersey. I never thought like that. I was like, every, even after we lost our, our last game, I wasn't crying in the locker room. In my mind, I always knew I was going to still continue to play. Right, right. Because it's something I wanted to do, and I knew I could play at the next level. There was no, forever, there was no, ah, yeah, maybe, shit, maybe I'm not good enough. Or, never. Right. Never. You know, right. You know, and I think that's the mentality that all Hoopers have to have. You know what I mean? Or anything in life that you do. 
you can't never think, oh, this is it. If I don't do this and this now, if it doesn't work, find a different way to make it work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, that's, that's been my mindset. The reason why I can go from working at a farm to, to having an 11 year career playing around the world, you know, crazy. I mean? even yeah, representing well. a national team of Albania and I'm not even Albanian. You know how does I mean? that work by the way? Yeah. So how far, <laughs> it is a little factoid that I had in the back of my mind and I said, this isn't right. But, um, so how far down the, the, the playing career was after he was out year six, year five, year four, where, where was it? Where was it? Where was the end of my career. I was 32. No way. You were 32. <laughs> I was 32. So you kind, this of, was two you kind of morphed ago. into an Albanian somehow. <laughs> you, uh, not so much. Or how did that even happen? You, you are you a citizen? You yeah. Can't. Yeah. I'm a citizen. Oh, I have a passport and everything. No way. I got it in three hours. <laughs> that's what you get with those eastern countries you know what I mean? yeah, like, yeah, now yeah. he's got to be a citizen to play yeah, stamp he's yeah, a citizen yeah, pretty much you want to yeah. play for us sign him go. up sign <laughs> him up right here right yeah. now that's amazing yeah. uh were some strings had to be pulled or was that pretty much just that's how it is well we, we had a letter from the president so like right right when i got to albania we had to have my paperwork and everything like my birth certificate and stuff like that uh, we had to have all that sent in the FIBA within hours. Yeah. And so that's the reason why this letter, we had to take it to the people, who, the post office or whoever was making the right. passport. Right. And we're like, hey, we need this passport by this time today. And they're like, what are you talking about? We've never done a passport in hours. It's like, well, you, yeah, now you letter, have to do it. You have to do it. So you had a letter, you had a letter from the president. Yeah. So you had a letter from the president or your team had a letter from the president? The the translator who was walking me around the city, yeah. showing me to taking me to get this stuff done. She had the letter, but it was for me. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like we grant anybody from this organization to get a it was like Rashawn. Get this guy a passport to get him citizenship today. Wow. We need him to represent our national team. Someone this, made two some, days from now. You can a game two days later. So uh was this Georgia. Okay, was it <laughs> was this uh, was this like a World Cup qualifier? Was this uh, just expedition game? What, what, what this was is this? the Eurobasket qualification round? Damn. So if we were to win this, we eventually if if we were to keep winning, we can qualify for the Olympics. So those that don't know, how would you describe Eurobasket? Because again, I've never had any playing experience with that. Has a lot of my former coaches have coached uh, in Eurobasket, and uh, how would you describe what that means to a country or a team or even a player i thought playing for a university was something big on your shoulders or you're playing for a school right you know you're playing for that area of Student the state body you're playing for utah or whatever yeah, you know that, what I mean? yeah, BYU. Yeah. but to play for your whole country i don't know if people can ever fathom that you know what i mean it's right. like playing for the u.s national team or the canadian national team like it's a huge responsibility right it's not just a game that you can just take lightly and lose or win or like, hopefully you win mm -hmm. but if you lose like you're getting a lot of backlash from people all around in that country yeah, I mean? yeah, so, yeah 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 like the the stress level is even is even higher it's not like it's not like any other game i've ever it's ever not like miss a free throw or it's whatever no, it's, it's it's there's serious, serious repercussions here serious repercussions you know what i mean like there, there, there's some there's some national teams where we're like say for soccer it's so huge out there in europe where the goalie might get scored on and then they end up shooting this guy. And so, you know what I mean? Like, dead. it's crazy. He shot dead. You know, like, right like off that, the airplane. That's how, they, that's how serious they take it for these national teams, you know? So, yeah, it was a, I mean, it, it was fun. It was a different kind of, of uh, pressure, but I mean, it, I like the, those type of situations. Yeah. Like, yeah when it's yeah. basketball and you're at that level, I mean, you, you got to be able to deal with pressure. Of course. I mean, especially as a professional, right? Yeah. I mean, I, like, I, I look at you as a pro's pro. And, um, to play 
for an Albanian national team to feel the pressure of that, to being on that national team yeah. while being a freaking Samoan. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's saying something, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's, uh, first off, I, I don't even know if that's legit. I think that's a little illegitimate, but you know what? I, I use it to get it to, to get into the airport. I use my Albanian No way. It works. That's crazy. <laughs> we got to make some calls. I got it for 10 years. Now. I'm a 10 you got 10 year years on that? Yeah. Oh, come on now. Once I get my Canadian citizenship, I have to give that up, though. I would have thought that would have just, <laughs> you know, gave you a, a six month or something uh, like that, give years. you a temporary. God, they really loved you out there, right? 10 Years. God damn. Uh, and I mean, the, the level of play is, is the highest ever because every player that's playing for a national team is either NBA, right, Euro League, or Euro Cup. It's the top players in the world that are so playing. So that was for a huge, and probably on your resume, that was it's huge, massive. It's huge, massive. Would you say that's the biggest or the highest level that you played at? Highest level, for sure. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. No doubt. How many games were you with them for? What what was your um what was your experience like with them? Like you, did you we see it, I mean, we see it as ball players and coaches. We see um we might see local qualifiers. I mean, Canada basketball was just in town yeah. uh, playing China, they whooped them, but um I played against Pangos in the last two years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um we might see that and we see like the documentary style, we kind of see like, uh, you know, what the Dream Team did or what these USA teams did. Did you, was it to that full extent where you were really traveling with this team really everywhere for the entire oh, yeah. duration of it? We played we played six games. Uh, I was there for a month of games. Uh, I was supposed to be there for two for practices and stuff like that. But since it was so late, because they had another American who they were supposed to give the citizenship to. Okay. But he withdrew like last minute. Okay. And that's when uh, the coach who was coaching the team was a Greek guy who they gave citizenship to. And uh, and he was in my agency, and right? So and then they called up my my agent Solius and asked if he knew a point guard, and then I was available, and that's how I got the gig. No way. And so yeah, and then pretty like I remember I was dropping my daughter off at her summer camp, and right when I dropped her off, it was like eight in the morning. I got home, and then uh, my wife was like, "Sean, you got to be at the airport in three hours or four hours." So I literally I where were you at the time? I was in Calgary. You're kidding? Yeah. I was in Calgary. I just dropped my daughter off at her at her summer camp. I, she had to go pick her up while I packed my my bags real quick because I was leaving in a couple hours. Right. So, did, uh, wife and kids stay home. Yeah. 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 For, okay. I, I went there by myself. So, and we played against we, we played against three different countries: Georgia, Slovakia, and uh, Montenegro. Georgia has Jaja Pachulia. Oh, damn. And uh, Montenegro had uh, what's his name from uh, from Orlando. Montenegro. Uh, forget the center's name anyway okay it's the center that that that, that plays for orlando currently yeah orlando's such a small market team i should know yeah, that he's but. from montenegro but uh yeah and they had him and everybody else is euro league euro cup players so it's high level basketball. super high level super high, high level, level super high level yeah we won one one out of the six we beat we should have won we, we almost won three we right we beat slovakia twice and then we almost beat montenegro gotcha uh but it's tough out there. It's tough. I, I, we got one win, which was Albania's first win in, I think, since like the 50s. Or something so that's like why that. they're handing out, sending out the, the, the citizenship. So yeah, like, yeah. Oh, we need this W right now. Yeah. Um, that's, that's super funny, but uh, what an opportunity. I know that uh, I had a coach that, that coached me in Denmark, and uh, he's the current uh, Icelandic men's yeah. uh, national team head coach. And they qualified for Eurobasket last year. Yeah. And it was like... By far, 
the pinnacle of his career thus far. Like it was like it's high privilege. It was like it was like he said it changed his life like having a kid. Like it was that type of realization. <laughs> now he can get better jobs anywhere around. Right. I mean, you're, and he's he's playing against. I mean, yeah, top NBA guys. Right. And there's no joke. Um, so that must have been crazy from a celebrity standpoint, but probably nothing compared to your last season in Lithuania playing with the uh, the Ball Brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That must yeah. have been another, another level of celebrity, if yeah, you will, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, that was cool. So, how did you end up how did you end up in Lithuania from uh I guess you, there's a couple years in between there, so you're playing an Albanian national team, you're playing around Europe, Lithuania uh, uh yeah, for a large portion. I was in Lithuania for a half a season, then I went to Poland and Germany. Right. Right. And then so and, and then back you had, to Lithuania this last year. Right. And you had a brief, a brief, brief, brief stint in the uh, NBL. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I almost forgot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was there for a couple of days. And, uh, <laughs> shipped up, shaped out. Yeah, I was on the at the time we were number one in the league for the St. John's Newfoundland team. Ed, yeah. The edge. The yeah. edge. St. John's edge. Gotcha. And, yeah. My good friend Carl English is the Canadian the, legend. Canadian legend. Canadian legend. Yeah. One of the best shooters to ever do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, probably the best shooter to ever do it out of Canada. So you went from St. John's edge relatively new league no knock on them carl english is a legend and i've actually heard they've had a great organization over there just starting it's the best in the league right it's the best in the league so um hands down <laughs> i mean regardless still a fairly uh, a league in its infancy to playing with people who were literally the pinnacle of basketball at least in pop culture they, i would say they 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 are the number one talking basketball or probably Still, yeah, arguably, yeah, in the news, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, for those that don't know, I mean, Zoe with the Lakers and, you know, Mellow Jello, they transformed. I mean, I guess maybe it was timing, maybe it was a business plan, maybe it was LeVar. We all know LeVar Ball if you don't. You get off this podcast, man. Go, go, go to YouTube. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah, you should know him. He's you, in everything. You should know him, and you can get uh, you can get uh, BBB socks. You can get BBB backpacks. You can get BBB tampons at this rims. point. Rims, whatever you right. want. You want a BBB AC unit? We got you. <laughs> yeah, they probably sell that too. No. <laughs> um, did you know that going into signing with that Lithuanian team? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that was maybe a little bit of uh, strategic planning as well. Yeah, you can say a little bit. Like uh, I had offers to other teams right. as well, and um, when I left St. John's, I came back to Vancouver. Right, uh, and I was here for maybe two weeks, a little over, right. almost three. And I had a few teams in Lithuania that I was offering, and a, a team in Greece was offering, and a, a team in France, a second division in, in France, which is Pro B. Yeah. And yeah, so the, one of the top teams, which was Lake Cavalis in Lithuania, w was offering their Euro Cup team. And they're in the last stages of Euro Cup. I think it was uh, they made it to the second round. I could have caught like the, the last game or something like that. And then then they're in contention to fight for uh, a championship in the Lithuanian League. So it was either out of them or uh, Vitatis, mm -hmm. which is the team that the balls played. See, for. I'm glad you said that name because I didn't actually know how to say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah Vitatis. Vitatis. Okay, <laughs> so I'm going to go with that. That's that's good because I know everyone in the basketball world has seen that logo and seen that name. And uh, you don't hear that name anywhere, but you see the logo everywhere. So I know people know it. I just know that no one's saying it because no one wants to take that risk. <laughs> 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 so you end up there. And uh, what was the team like? 
the team was a it was a mess just we'll just say it just like that okay because uh, nobody was getting along you know what i mean like uh i would say it was a lot of jealousy towards towards the ball brothers you right know, from from all the the local lithuanian players mm-hmm. so trying to bring everybody together i think that was something that also had me come there you know what i mean me being a mentor to to Melo and jello and also being uh, that I played in the league for for six and a half seasons already in Lithuania. You so knew the landscape. You were very I, yeah. I, yeah, I knew everybody. I even I even played with a few of the guys before that was on the team uh, currently. Got you, got you. So super well integrated. And yeah, yeah, you know. So I thought maybe I can change the the atmosphere in, in the gym, and you know, and that's what my agent, that's pretty much what me and my agent were thinking about, and also the coaches. They wanted me to come in there and kind of like bring everybody together. But uh, it was, it was maybe, might have been just a little bit too late, you know, and some, some guys, it was just they didn't want to make it work. Right, right. And that's the reason why the, the, our team wasn't as successful as we should have been. But mm. we, we had a good team. We had great pieces. It was just we couldn't work as a unit. Couldn't work together. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they put up numbers. I mean, there was numbers coming out of there for sure. People were having great individual performances. For sure. There was a crowd. I mean, I know I know Ball is life sent over to the camera crews and maybe games that weren't televised and broadcast before were now being broadcasted. Oh, and millions around the world were, were watching. Which is wild. And, yeah. you know, you got the BBB logo everywhere. I mean, as a... As a Westerner, we're over here thinking like, did did Lavar buy the team? Did he did he buy he the could've. arena? Did he <laughs> did he buy the coach? Did he, did he buy everything? <laughs> What's what? going on here, right? What? And we just we always think as soon as you hear, oh yeah, he went pro. We just think, oh yeah, pro in Europe. Like, that, that's how ignorant we really are. You know, so there's there's NBA and then there's pro in Europe and then there's what? pro in China and there's pro in in uh, Shit, in everywhere. Australia what? or whatever. We we there's a couple places we think of and we just think pro blanket statement so far from the truth right um this team how do you say it vitatas vitatas (laughs) is uh (laughs) was not a euro cup team no they they used to be okay they were a euro cup team maybe four seasons ago so a little bit removed not necessarily at the pinnacle of european basketball and i mean as a as a coach and a former player and just a junkie of basketball i'm looking at that and i'm kind of thinking as someone who has a little bit of experience in european basketball i'm thinking i don't know what level that is Uh, you know because you're only watching the highlights games are being streamed at all weird times of night i'm i'm not a super pop guy so i'm like ah whatever yeah it's cool but i'm gonna watch these highlights and and whatever it may be and this guy's a 16 year old kid balling out over there and you know you know the stories about ricky rubio and all that starting super young uh luca and it happens happens for sure so but i'm a little skeptical and i'm just thinking is this really is this really a pro level you know and and obviously it was but it wasn't the pinnacle of european basketball so to speak uh, probably far from it um but the way it was perceived in the western world was crazy it was like yeah. that is that 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 arena that small little arena uh, got stamped as oh this is what european basketball looks like yeah and it's not like uh Vitoxis has had some good some great teams in the yeah, past yeah you know that i've seen right. played against and they played at the euro cup level before which sure. euro cup is the third highest level in the world yeah NBA, behind EuroLeague. NBA, EuroLeague, then Euro, EuroCup. Yeah. And Vitalis used to be EuroCup. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this year, this past season, of course, they they, they didn't play in any other champions uh, yeah, leagues yeah. besides the Big Baller brand challenge. You know what I mean? That's yeah. a league that LeVar created. And there were some teams that that was Division II teams, but there we also played in a tournament where it was all it was all Division One teams from different, yeah. different countries. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. it was 
pro teams, no doubt. And the LKL, the Lithuanian league, is a high level. It's league. a great league. It's a great league. Yeah. One of the top leagues in Europe. But you know, like, but the way it was perceived in the U.S., people try to—they were knocking the Lithuanian league. Even Absolutely. guys like Stephen A. and all those guys—they don't know what's going on. Yeah, well, they have anything. no idea, no experience, right? I mean, they don't know anything. Even that, I mean, about Europe anyway. About Europe and about the culture. I mean, even in that. You go to, uh, I spent some time in Malaga and, and checked out the pro, yeah. the, the uh, EuroLeague team down there, yeah. caught a couple games, and that fucking building is electric. Yeah. I've never been in a sporting atmosphere like that. I, I, didn't, I never went to a, a foot, um, excuse me, a soccer game over there, but and I, all the sports events I've attended have been in North America, mm-hmm. except for those experiences at basketball games in Europe. And that, that, that was the pinnacle for me. That was like, I've never seen passionate fans like that. I've it's never nuts. seen. It's a religion. Yep. It is a one thousand percent a religion. You're popping fireworks in the gym, like it's in the gym. In the gym, there's fires in the gym. Then that, that's no word of a lie, <laughs> right? Like um, the antics, receipt rolls everywhere. Like it's it's just crazy. But uh, that's how it kind of got. There was a blanket statement. I guess that's just how media is, and that's yeah. and that's how it that's how it goes. But and everybody's trying to knock down Levar Ball. You know, what I mean? yeah, yeah. I mean, he was a he was a villain. He was a great villain. Yeah. And uh, I think maybe he's changed that perspective a little bit, a tad. People see him more of a businessman trying to do do his and get his, but he was definitely a villain uh, for the public. Even though I'm sure that probably wasn't correct. I mean, I don't know. Definitely, I don't know Levar. Was yeah. it correct? Levar's Levar's the most genuine person you can meet mm. for sure. Dude. Genuine in what way? He'll give you the shirt off his back. Like he's really? one of those guys. If he sees somebody that's, that's in need of help, he's gonna help. Him. Wow. Like, like, that's just the type of person he is. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like I'll give you an example. Like, uh, Nick is uh, Lonzo's bodyguard. Okay. Security guard, whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? But, like, th- this was a kid. When, well, when he was a kid, he was around 13 years old, I think, when when LeVar first met him. Lonzo's six or seven months at a time right now. And he was straight from uh, Russia. Mm-hmm. Him and his mom just moved to Cali, and he, he was he wanted to play basketball. And Lavar was a trainer at the time, and found that this, you know that he needed somebody to mentor, and and that's when Lavar stepped in, and he's been with him ever since. Wow! And now he works for Lavar, and he has right. his own his own uh, company now, where he wants to be an A list uh, uh, bodyguard, bodyguard or security. You so know you put him mean? on. You put him on. You put know what I mean? On. But but he he's family. He's he, he's been like it was somebody a kid from Russia. Yeah. That he just met and he ended up training them, you know, and he's been around the family ever since. Wow. So that's the type of person that LeVar is. It's just, just like with this this JBA league, it's it's another route that he's given kids to play professional basketball. Right. People don't look at it that way. People look at it as that's a route that he's taking to make money. He doesn't care about that. It, he's it, probably not making that much money off no, of it either. No, de- definitely. Well, I don't know about that, but. He's <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like. I don't know what. Listen, I don't know what those ticket prices are. He's not making money off the tickets. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Majority of that is making money off online. Yeah, like yeah. people are watching the games. Okay, if they're not, if they're not people in the stands, there's there's people watching online. Yeah, that's where he sure. gets all that. for sure. But there's a lot of people watching at the games too. Now it's, it's been building, but every league starts. But out he like did that. that out of out of a necessity of, or what what you're saying is that he did that out of a necessity of. These kids need an opportunity. We talked about the NCAA earlier. These kids need an opportunity to put food on the table because yeah. basketball is not water polo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Basketball yeah. is is not tennis. It's not golf, uh, and that's no knock on them. But you know, there's typically underprivileged people that uh, play the sports, like soccer. It's very yeah. similar, right? For sure. So. Giving those kids that are talented might not have an opportunity. Giving them a chance to make—I mean, I don't know what the contract is. What do they make a month? Anywhere it's, from three to ten grand. Three to ten. It's gr- more than the G, the G League. 
That's amazing. That's why they're changing the league, the the the, the rules for the G League so that, and for high school players to go back to the NBA. That's going to have serious repercussions, right? I mean, that's <laughs> going to change the landscape of everything. Yeah, it's changing everything. Hopefully, it changes the changes the narrative of Lavar as a villain. He gives sixty percent of jersey sales to the player. And Who does that? So, in contrast, the NBA gives. I don't. I don't know what the NBA gives, but it's okay. nowhere close to I'm, that. I have like a ten percent figure in my mind. Maybe that's Somewhere ridiculous. Most of it's going straight to the league. Straight to the league. That's straight profit. You know, the player will get right something. There. Whatever's in the contract. He got. Goes. He got flack for that as well. He right. got flack for giving for taking forty percent. They're gonna find something to talk crap right. about him. You know, yeah. what I mean? he, he won't win at any. Well, he's winning at everything. But when it comes to the media, they're gonna try to bring him down a little bit. Yeah. So you you were on the uh, on was it a reality TV show, yeah. if you will? <laughs> I can't imagine you on reality reality TV. I have not seen the episodes. I, I got. I was at a couple of. Them. I gotta see him. But you were on Ball in the Family. Uh, how was that? Because you must have had cameras coming in everywhere. Uh, following your personal life, you again a leader of the team that they're on, one of the veteran. How were you perceived, and how was I mean Lavar perceived? How what was what was the look of that TV show? Well, the cameras was there all day, every day, all day, every day. Like when you're walking in the city, when when you're at practice, when we're at games, right, we're everywhere in the hotel because we all stayed in the same uh, hotel. It was a spa, and you know what I mean. So. Uh, in the city or the town, they right. call it a village, really. But, uh, <laughs> it's one of the smallest towns in Lithuania. You're kidding. And there's not many places to stay. Okay. I mean, and I was supposed to be in my own uh, house like I, I normally am uh, in my contracts, but I came so late and they couldn't find a place in this small town. So they put me. you up in a spa. So they put me in a spa where the balls were at, which is, <laughs> I didn't mind that at all. So. Right. But uh, yeah, like, like if you were LeVar or whatever right now and we're talking, there's always going to be this little microphone coming up. You're kidding. Uh, all the time. All the time. <laughs> you know, we're in, we're in the games. We're anywhere eating. It's, it's everywhere. Like, they right. have the same camera crew for, that they have for the Kardashians. You're kidding. Yeah, so. so that was all net, That was all network? That, like, who, who? Facebook. What? Yeah. Facebook produced it. Yeah. They put that money behind it. Got that social media money. That's some scary shit right there. Come every, on now. Every three weeks, he's getting a... <laughs> <laughs> those royalties are coming any, in. I ain't saying any numbers, but yeah, yeah. Just notice he's getting some M's every three. There's weeks. some, there's some decimals there. There's uh, some commas there. Excuse yeah. me. There's uh, yeah. some serious zeros there. Yeah. That's uh, he's got one more season with them before he's going to make his own rules about what's going to happen. <laughs> and if Facebook doesn't agree, then he's going to find someone else. Insider. Yeah, I got yeah. you. I mean, that's uh, that's how he is. I guess. Um, how much of a relationship? Do you still have with those guys? I mean, uh, like they've gone through some stuff. You've you've known them for three months over there. Yeah, sure. Uh, so a year or so now, yeah. a little bit more than that. I, they've there was a mania. There uh, was a ball family fever. Like if you're anything in the sports, that was the Kardashians to you. Like that, that, that's no joke. That don't, was don't tell Levar that he doesn't like when people call call them. Sorry, Kardashians. listen. You know what? <laughs> in all due respect, Lavar, in terms of popularity, you were absolutely there. Intellectually or uh, any other um, scale you want to use, that's uh, up to you. <laughs> um, but uh, they were at that pinnacle in terms of popularity, right? Yep. And not to say that they're not at a pop, uh, pinnacle now because they're still pretty damn popular. Um, That'll never stop. That will never stop. Um, they've maybe, maybe it's calmed down a little bit. So you've seen them over this transition. I want to say that. I don't know. <laughs> 
there's always something new. I don't know. Out. The JBA popped it off a lot too. You yeah. know, like they've been making moves so heavy, and you know they're on big boy neighbor in the neighborhood. There's moves behind and, those moves. Like you got to know what's. I, I know so much that's gonna be happening that it's unbelievable. Right. You know, because I've known about this JBA before he even came to JBA. I've known about the JBA balls, the BB balls, before they even said that it was gonna be their own balls for the JBA. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they got movies that's coming out that's right. gonna be about their life. They, so they, there's they, a, they're in every, uh, we call it a vertical integration. So yeah. you're in every level of production. Yeah. And like, for instance, if I'm LeVar, I'm owning this laptop. I'm owning this microphone. Yeah. This has got my logo on. This is BBB Water right he now. He doesn't want any middleman. He this wants everything. This is a BBB them. Notepad. All that stuff, oh, right? Um, which must be crazy, first off, if you're him. But from a, um, a son perspective, from if you're uh, Zoe, Mellow, Jello, these guys seem super, super composed yeah. for who their father is. I'm talking to you. I know you were a mentor to them. Is that something you advised them on, or? Oh no, like I mean, just I mean, they, they've been on interviews talking about their dad. You know, I mean, it's nothing new to them. That's how their dad's personality has always been. Right. And the same thing that you see on TV is how he is every, everyday life. Yeah. He's this electrifying, just energetic. You know, I mean, charismatic person. Like, just just talk. He he calls me R, right? So, <laughs> and. Because Rashawn is just too many syllables. I ain't got that time. You know? he, he nicknamed me right, 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 off, right when I met him. Right when I first met him, I, I'm walking straight into the gym. And then he's giving me a big handshake, hugging me yeah. like I've known him for forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the type of person he is. You know what I mean? Anybody that's around his boys is, is, is family. Yeah. Is how he treats it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he doesn't, his circle is very tight. And he doesn't let anybody from the outside get in there. So like, yeah, the, the boys that... that when it comes to their dad, that they've seen it every day. That's right. just how it is. You know what I mean? So, I mean, they balled out a little bit. I know they got that Rari. I know they they, they kind of spent a little. You know, they're 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 indulging a bit, but they, their personalities are, don't seem self destructive. No, you know what I mean? Not. They they're definitely not. not. Um, I know. Listen, if I had that much money and I was that young, I'd probably be in some trouble. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm not talking BYU trouble. I'm talking real trouble. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? So. That could uh, that could have some serious implications, but you are you still in contact a lot with them you, and oh, yeah. uh, helping them. I know Jello went through and was uh, anticipated to get drafted and yep. and uh, ended up not getting drafted, and I'm sure that was a process and uh, an event as well. Are you are you still kind of part of the you know ball in a family or? Yeah, Lavar texted me the other day, you know, just saying what's up, and then uh, he wanted me to send a message to Kervin. Uh, that played with us in Lithuania. You okay. know what I mean? And then, then just talking about what we're going to do in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, and then with the boys, I mean, I, I seen Melo dunking in one of his games. I was yeah, like, oh, yeah, so you're getting up there now. Yeah, and, he, yeah. and Melo's sending me text messages and videos of him going between the legs and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I, I talk with them from time to time. I'm, yeah. We're not on the phone talking in, on nah, a daily basis not, or right? like that. But yeah. Still, though, I mean, that's, uh, that's big time. And it's got to be gratifying for you because, again, Hawaii, you say West Side of Hawaii? Yeah. West Side of Hawaii, Juco, sorry, Div 2, nope, Juco, mm, okay, BYU, cool, probably got a little bit of, a little bit of clout there to Romania, where I'm not hating on Romania, I dated a Romanian for a year, she's awesome to this day, well, but like, it's not the greatest place, <laughs> right, like it's not. Romania is different. Romania is different, yeah, it, it's different. in the Eastern Bloc and it's still recovering in a major way, so and then you fast forward down the line. I mean, you, all the places that you played at, Poland, Lithuania, Romania. Am I missing something? I know I am. Romania, Ukraine. Ukraine. Lithuania, Poland, Germany. Poland, Germany. Albania. All of these places, like you're, you're not in 
Greece. You're not in Turkey. You're not in Spain. You're not in France, so to speak, in these top leagues where, you know, it's a popularized country. You might you might have higher social status. Yeah. So that must have been grat- gratifying for you after 11 years, you know, grinding at this thing to like, I'm sure at 11 years you could look back on it and say, I had a great career. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you do say that, but just to get that cherry on top of like, oh yeah, now I'm part of something bigger. You know what I mean? Like now, like I'd noticed just from hanging out with you and coaching with you and playing with you, like you would never know. And I totally was blindsided by it, but we're walking in the street, people recognize you. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like <laughs> we go to basketball courts, it's like, oh shit, I, I'm about to play against you, but can I get a picture real quick? <laughs> I know you're about to whoop my ass, but can I get a picture with you before you whoop my ass? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's crazy to me, right? So just to get that level of, and you don't seem like a guy that you care about it, but it had some level of you had to have been like, that's nice. It's cool. I mean, like, I mean, what drove me always, like I told you earlier, was was playing at the highest level possible. Right. You know what I mean? But like what I've always played for is respect. So money comes with, the territory. If you're good, you're gonna make money. It's if you're good at anything you do, you're gonna make money. There's no way around it. If you're good at something, people are gonna they're gonna, gonna pay you to do gonna, it. They're gonna come to you. They're gonna yeah. pay you to, to do whatever it is that you do well. So I mean, that's that's the reason why I didn't I didn't care. You know, what mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't care about the money. It's not what dri- what, what drives me to to be successful. Right. Respect and experience is what I play. That's for. what you go for. That's what I play for, and that's what's gonna get me to where I'm gonna go next, and whoever is gonna be around me in the future. I can still play right now, of course, but I'm thinking about I can get nothing more from being a player. I've been there, done that, and I've done everything that I can possibly do. I can't go to Euro yeah. Cup or Euro yeah, League anymore yeah, or the yeah. NBA. You know what I mean? I'm too old just to gotcha. be frank about it. You know what gotcha. I mean? And with my with my body, I'm too old. It's not that you're too old, but for me, I feel like I can't get back to the level that I that I was you at. Got some, so you got some years under you for sure. I got some, you know, I got some mileage on me. So I'm looking forward to what's what I'm going to do in the future, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm focusing on now. And and yeah, mm-hmm. uh, whoever's going to be around me for that, that, that the respect is what is going to bring drives me, you. Is what drives me, and what's going to bring my team together in the future for what I'm going to be doing. Yeah. So I want to cut right there. I'll take a little break here yeah. and go into where. Your coaching is going to go and your your uh, methodology and, and all that shit and where you're at now versus all that shit because that was a lot. How long was that? Around uh, an hour and a half. Yeah, so we could we could literally go for another hour and a half. I I'm literally trying to cut you off right now because <laughs> I, I I naturally however you want to. Just yeah 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 no. So we cut it a good time. Um, we cut it a good time. I'm gonna drink my water because I didn't have. Yeah, water. I also think that we've gone a good. Like in, so like it was an hour and a half, but that was maybe with like ten minutes at the beginning of yeah. before I started, or before we actually started. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Yeah, my goal was uh, between an hour and a half and, and two hours. Yeah. Um, it's not a matter of filling that; it's a matter of how we fill it. I just want to get from you. I want to get um, where you're at now. I want you, to, and maybe not plug your shit, but and what we're doing or whatever. But you know talk about it mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a sense and uh, how you're approaching it and i don't want to because the route that you're gonna go there i know because i'm gonna go there is is the state of vancouver basketball so i want to try to avoid i think <laughs> um or just like i don't know I, I don't know like personally i don't know how to approach it 
because it's like I'm so critical. But yeah. it, it, people look at it like, oh, I'm attacking something. I'm fucking critical of everybody. Yeah. I'm su- I'm a such like I'm a nice dude, but I'm critical as fuck for sure. And um, uh, like I don't even care. I'm critical of my girlfriend. I'm critical of my mom. Like nobody is safe. <laughs> yeah. And so. And something like that, where people always ask my opinion or whatever, I'm like, this is bullshit. And this uh, is the reason why it's bullshit. And uh, I'm gonna fire shots right at it. Yeah, I'll try to keep my mouth shut about exactly. all Exactly. So, yeah. but I mean, I'm not trying to tell you to keep your mouth shut. That's not what I'm trying to say. But well, I don't I, wanna talk shit about anybody because then I know it's gonna come right exactly, back. Exactly, right. And yeah. so I have, um, I mean, my thing is, is very much, you know, peace, love, positivity, all that bullshit. Because I come from, I say bullshit, but that's like really, truly my heritage. Mm-hmm. Hawaii is actually kind of, I don't know exactly what, but I mean, I know my sister lives there and it's from, I've been there once when I was a kid and it was very much that. And she, 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 she feels, she emanates that all the time. So, yep. um, but I don't know that culture. So um, anyway, so yeah, we'll start back off. Is he rolling? Oh. Uh, you rolling? Okay. My bad. Um, yeah. So anyways, we start off with, again, where you were at in terms of helping out the brawl, the ball brothers and all that and transition you said it was a nice transition into what you've got going next so you're in great physical shape um not just because of the biceps but you actually got you, you got cardio you know what i mean yeah. like you're, you're still in a place where you could play you could hoop up you could lace up and i've seen you lace up or at least up with you where you could just you could go and play at a high level right now for sure so what's stopping you from your agent calling you and be like oh, sean um by the way, uh, FC Barcelona wants you. <laughs> well, it, it, it took, <laughs> Maybe that changes things. <laughs> yeah, that probably would change things. <laughs> I'd lace them back up for a job like that for yeah, sure. Yeah. But I mean, like, uh, it, it took me a while to kind of persuade my persuade Solis, my agent, that that I was done. You know, right. because he before the season was over, he was like, Sean, don't talk like that. He's just. You know, go back home, work out, and this and that, and then you know, we'll see what happens next. You right? I mean, he thought I was what just happens next. Yeah, he thought I was just talking out of my ass, like you know, I I'm think I'm getting older, or this and that. Right. And so I don't know. Maybe did you know your wife crisis. was pregnant at that time? Did you, Did you know she she was pregnant? Yeah, she yes. Just, right before I left to Lithuania is when we found out she was pregnant. Okay, gotcha. So yeah, you know, I mean, so I, I was telling them that I was thinking about retirement and, and I want to go into the next next phase of my life. You know what I mean? And and he was like, well, I'm just going to, you can keep thinking about that, but I'm still going to ask teams, you know, around. And I'm see, still going to work for you. And yeah. work for you, you know what I mean? See what I can get. And then if you don't want it, if, you, if you're still thinking about retiring, then okay. Yeah. And so he was still thinking that no matter what, I was going to take whatever job that that, right. that that came that I got interested in. But I think it's when that, that retirement video came out. Uh, that was Hawaii. good too. Yeah, that looked, that looked really good. That yeah, was amazing. Uh, that was super well done, <laughs> well spoken, and it's the narrative around that was like definitely awesome. Yeah, I yeah. really appreciate them for that. That was amazing. So that was a good send off. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so when he saw that, that's when he re- it really rung in him. He's like, okay, Sean, I'm serious about this. Damn, <laughs> damn. Yeah. So is there like a contract you got to terminate there, or is is that just like uh, a no? No, when, when it comes to agents, uh, well, at least at least in the basketball world anyway, uh, you have to give them at least a two weeks notice. Yeah. And <laughs> it's like eviction. Yeah. You know, like, but, uh, for the most part you, you sign yearly and there's some agents where they'll try to book you in for five to 10 years, but 
in this business, when you're playing overseas in Europe and everything like that, you, you, or I don't know, maybe in any other business, probably the same way. You don't want to lock yourself in for a long period of time. Because what happens if that guy does? He ends up he's not working for you anymore. You know, you're yeah, not a, a high level player that he thought you were going to be. You don't sign five years. You don't yeah. sign five year NDAs. You don't just, sign your life away. There's stuff that you don't do. Well, yeah. if you know that you don't do. Well, like right. actually, with me and Solly, it's like I signed one contract with him. And this is when I first met him. Okay. And then after that. Like I, he really isn't even like legally my my agent because I never signed another contract with him. Me and him oh, wow. was just all, our relationship just built into that where wow. it was just all trust. That's amazing. And I I have agents even still to, to this day. An agent contacted me the other day saying that he had a job for me. You know, and I'm like, I told him, did you know I re- I'm retired? He was like, oh. And I was like, yeah, well, I'm not playing anymore, so thank you anyway. And yeah. I was like, well, what job is it? <laughs> <laughs> but which club is it with? Yeah, yeah. Is it a warm country or are we going back to that frozen backboard yeah. in fucking Lithuania? <laughs> so, I mean, a bunch of agents contact me every every year. During during this time, agents always contact me. Players also ask me if I can hook them up with my agent or if I oh, know yeah, anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. Uh, there's always going to be agents that's going to come around and ask if you want representation because mm-hmm. they, they know that you're a good player and they, they can find a money. job for you. They can yeah, make money it's off. It's business. Yeah. No, no. I mean, so with that in mind, where you're at and turning down money, turning down money is a hard thing to do. That's a skill I don't know if I've mastered yet. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so then what's what's next for you? I mean, you, you're not in Hawaii. Maybe there's something to be said about that. But I mean, you're not staying i know a lot of guys when they go overseas uh, with the club i was with in denmark it was we had some great players that were like you know i'm gonna take less money i'm gonna play less uh, even though i can play in a higher league and um i'm gonna retire here and i'm gonna live here even though i'm from fucking kansas yeah. or whatever it may be because you know they just cultivate that you know community around them for sure so what stops you from hanging out in some small little village in lithuania well because uh, <laughs> it's lithuania <laughs> no like, like, like I, I could live in lithuania lithuania is a great country i yeah. mean it's like my second home i've actually lived there longer than the u.s in, a, in the past uh 10 years crazy you know i mean like i lived in canada longer than i've been in the u.s i'm in the u.s whenever i go back to the u.s i'm in hawaii and i'm there for maybe two to three weeks yeah. out of the year yeah and that's just to visit my family and then other than that i'm in my off seasons well now it's permanent for me I, i'm in canada either calgary or vancouver yeah you know and then nine months out the year it could go longer depending on if my team makes playoffs it could go to 10 months i'm in europe so i mean yeah I, I, Lithuania, I've grown accustomed to loving the place. I eat the, the food, I love it. You know, all what is Lithuanian? Li, what is Lithuanian? Yeah, like like food. Like are we? Uh, lots of soups, salads. Uh, the they have your basic. Uh, not a lot of beef. It's more pork over there. Oh man, white food. Come on now. <laughs> That stuff is ah. there's no spice or anything like there's that. There's no Jamaican jerk chicken, and yeah. like that. all that good stuff they just left behind. <laughs> white there's people, no Kahlua pig or anything. No, like no. That. oh god. <laughs> but the food, the food's good, man. I, I, I've been, I've been to over thirty countries, and I've tried food everywhere. So I mean, like, in Lithuania has some of the best food. But I've the tried. food's good. The food's good. Now nah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. So, I mean, does it stack up to a uh, uh, Richmond food? I haven't really, I haven't really uh, had it. That, too busy. Yeah, I haven't really had the chance to really try many foods out there, even though there's lots of different restaurants. There's a lot of I, spots. And I'm sure I'll have a lot of time now to you check will. out you a will. lot of you places will. to eat, that's for sure. But like, yeah, just Europe, I, I, can, I don't see myself living there permanently. I right. could go there to visit, you know, for weeks at a time or a month if, if possible. But right. uh, North America is definitely a place where I need to be living permanently. Right. <laughs> no, nah, I, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure language is a thing too, but you're here. You're in Vancouver. Um, 
situated wife, kid, another one on the way. Congratulations again. Thank you. Thank um, you. What's next? Well, now, now I'm trying to build up my my uh, company, Pro, uh, Pro Prep Basketball Training. Okay. So, you know, I'm starting to get around in the community, meeting families, meeting kids, you know what I mean? It just Meeting people in the basketball, the basketball world out here. Okay. So, and just, just pretty much grinding and starting out from the bottom and just like how everything else that, I, that I've done, you know, and just build myself all over again, create a new, a new vision for myself that I have uh, for where I want to be in the future. And, and hopefully, which I believe 100% that it will happen. And yeah, I just want to give back what I've learned over, the, over my whole 33 years of living on this earth and playing ball everywhere I, I want to give back to the to the community to the kids you know? sure and the rest of my youth that i have that i can that i can play and be able to you know play at a, at a high level i want to be able to give it to the kids that i train and also my own kids too right yeah you don't want to be the coach that's i mean this is the thing with me too i hate being a coach it's like you know you want to do this drill and um uh, uh jimmy or uh, alex can you run through it for them can you, <laughs> can you, can you show them uh, this footwork right here <laughs> i hope that they never comes for me i exactly. hope i could always be able to demonstrate that's for, always for been a pet peeve for me th- too and uh if i love to have like competitions with the kids or yeah. uh, you know listen if i lose yeah i'm gonna run that suicide or i'm gonna beat you in the suicide yeah. or, or whatever it may be right so you yeah. said pro prep basketball training um is this a aau program is this a training academy is this a school program? What is this? How would you describe this? Well, like uh, I, the kids that are that, that are in my class, like or even kids that, that I that I hear in families when they talk about like I call my my programs classes. You right. Know what I mean, I don't like calling them camps. Or yeah, sure. You know, because uh, I I feel as, I, I feel like what I'm trying to bring to the basketball community and culture over here. I want to be able to change the culture, and I want to teach basketball so i think mm. i think it's more of of a school is the way that that, that I'm, I'm approaching it and i want to teach you not only the skills to play it but i want to teach you how to actually play the game right the x's lot, and o's the x's and o's everything you know what i mean because I'm, I'm a very strategic type of player and and I, I feel that you know above skills you have to have a high, a high iq and you have to be able to read offenses and defenses and learn how to execute plays you know and then the skills that you have is just a bonus to to your game I mean, of course, you have to learn how to, you know, it's good to have athleticism or ball handling skills or being able to shoot. Those are all things that come with playing basketball. Right. But a lot of kids don't really know how to actually play the game. So Mm -hmm. that's with my experience of playing. I want to be able to have kids at a younger age being able to think the game before they can actually play Play the game. game. Yeah. You're you're flipping the system on its head a little bit. Definitely. And then as as they continue to develop, of course they're going to learn how to play. That, that's just that's a given. Mm-hmm, Everybody mm-hmm. is going to continue to learn. You know, there's a natural progression. It's a yeah. natural progression. Yeah, I got you. But learn for coaches, especially at the the younger ages, like the high school coaches and younger. Like, there's a lot of coaches that's never had the experience that I've had. Absolutely. And I, I think that's something that I bring that's different. Where mm-hmm. uh, I've played at all levels. I played at the junior college level. I played at the Division One level. Which is rare. Which is rare, yeah. And then 11 years playing professionally in all top leagues over Europe, all the way up to the Euro Cup, you know what I mean? Right. Third highest league in the world, representing a national team. So, I mean, there's a a bunch of knowledge and experience that I can bring to the table that I feel that's what separates me from anybody else that's, I mean, that's here and around the area that I'm at anyway. Right, right. Yeah. So, how did you, again, how did you, your methodology is a little bit different in terms of you're not just going in okay, let's just aid this guy's athleticism and let's aid his skill development. Let's aid um, how he's playing the game. You're like, okay, I want to 
again, think, I want to have him think first. I want to have his mental space. I want to see how he's going to approach the game, how he plays the game. What's he like in timeouts? Does he understand X's and O's? Does he understand spacing? Um, does he understand angles and, and cutting angles and passing angles and stuff like that? Things that are nuances of the game and things that um, for many players come very much later um, and that they wish they had because I guarantee for myself, probably for yourself, if you would have known and understand the passing angles and the nuances of the game as a, as a 20-year-old, as a 19-year-old, 18-year-old playing at JUCO, playing at BYU, that would be a distinct advantage. For sure. And, uh, but again, that's something that comes, but maybe it wasn't taught to you. So when you're reverse engineering the system, or call it system or a way of coaching basketball at, at a youth level, where did this come from? Like. I mean, not to say you're not a genius, but genius is getting an idea out of nowhere. And most of us, I mean, that's you know, very, very, very small percentage of the population um, that do go about it that way. Everyone else kind of, we draw from things, we learn from things, we influence from different cultures. And as someone that's probably um, or has definitely played across the world and probably had a lot of influences, where did you pick this up, this idea of, okay, let's get them to think the game? rather than just play the game well uh, i don't i just think uh, it, it's, just, it's something that came to me because me as a young player and then talking about it now just like how you said we wish that we would learn these things when we we're younger mm. i think that's probably where where, where i i kind of came up with the idea if it is an idea that somebody hasn't came up with i'm sure it's not but uh anyway the, the way that i think about the game and, and approach it I, I just feel that i don't want any other kids that's actually coming through my my training and, and coaching, I, I don't want them to think the same way that I feel that I should have uh, done right. when I was younger. You, you know? don't want so, to have the same regrets. Exactly. So I know what I should what I've should have done or learned at a younger age, but I didn't have somebody to teach me it. But now that I know what to do, I feel that it's my responsibility. Anybody that's being coached by me, that I should be able to instill that that in them at a younger age, so it'll be easier for them to move move up the ladder in the basketball world because mm -hmm. I've seen and and I know a bunch of different you know trainers last coaches that that they don't think that way and that maybe they they maybe they they don't know that they don't think that way you know what right I mean? so it's not their fault but uh I just think that maybe there's there's just different different ways of of training these kids sure. you know what I mean and a very open-minded approach definitely you yeah. just be open-minded there's no right or wrong for sure but uh, I, I just always try to find different ways to teach the game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? But yeah, just basically I, I want to be able to instill the knowledge that kids will probably learn at a later stage of their careers. And I want them to learn it at an even Absolutely. stage. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's, there's kids that will be in a varsity situation or first year college situation and, and coach will drop a play and he'll be using jargon yep. or he'll be, uh, you know, like the difference between a dotted line and a squiggly line. Like there's little things that you pick up on a board uh, and, you know, uh, once you're three or four actions deep in a play, uh, people get lost really easily. I, like I know for me, it was like, Hey, once we're three or four actions, like shit, where's the two, where's the one <laughs> fuck? Like, is he in the corner? Did he drift uh, up? I don't really know. And if I would have had that experience, like actually sitting down, drawing these things out or yep. having someone go through them with me because in no knock on the AAU coaches I've had, but I never had that experience of someone sitting me down and be like, listen, these are the angles. This is the action. And we reverse it. We're going to do this action. Yep. And then 
So you're two guard. So I want I want you to learn one, two, three, four, and I want you to be aware of five because yep. we might just put you there. Definitely, because it's positionless basketball now as well. Yep. So, and that's one of the great things that people say about the greatest players. I mean, LeBron knows every position of every play of every team. I mean, there was a an article about him talking to Patrick Patterson a couple of years back when they mm-hmm. when Toronto and Cleveland. I guess he's not in Cleveland anymore. Wow, that's weird to say. <laughs> um, um, and neither is Patrick, but. Uh, he said, listen, Patrick, you know, uh, when you come off that pin down right there on that horn set, um, you, sh- you should really flare and, and less of a drift because you have a better passing angle to DeMar who's coming down the, down the lane. Yeah. And Patrick's sitting there like, did you just explain my play to me how to do it better to beat you? Yeah, but I'm just saying, this is what you should do. Yeah. <laughs> and that's insane. <laughs> like, yeah. that, that, that level of knowledge, that basketball IQ, you're saying that's something that can be trained. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. You know, because with me, it took me experience. It, I had to be in actual games and, right. you know, to, to learn it because I didn't have somebody to, to sit me down and learn the X's and O's. And also the terminologies that, that you're using, there's a lot of kids that don't even know it. Yeah, that, that, all, everything I just said there might have might have just went whew, over, right the over the head. You know what I mean? Like, go to the 45, go go to the, go to yeah. the elbow. You know yeah. what I mean? People probably looking at their arm. You know like, what like, you're talking about? <laughs> shooting my elbow. I was like, out too much. What is he talking about? Yeah, you know, so when, when it comes to, to the X's and O's and, and trying to execute plays, a lot of kids, don't don't know how to do it and then when when they're looking at the board they're probably just looking at just their position yeah but if they can actually learn every position even if they don't play it the four to five for one you can you're going to be able to play numerous positions Mm -hmm. so coaches love players who can play one two three different more time on the court more time on the court you get more playing time you you know you get to do what you what you can do if Mm -hmm. you only can play one position it's limited. It's limited. You're yeah. very limited, especially if you don't. If you're a point guard, you need to know everybody's position. Right. Like it makes you a, a more valuable player, and it, and it helps you with to it slows the game down for you because now you can read where everybody has to be, where they need to be, and then you can start doing no look passes and stuff because you you know for sure 100 percent that this person is going to be in that. That's spot. how the defense is going to react. This is how the defense is going to be. You know, you got to learn how to read the defenses and where the help side is coming from. Right, right, and everything right. like that. So, and by knowing everybody and where they have to be and what they're doing, that's going to make you a better player in the game. And, and have the coach it. have trust in you. Exactly. Right, and, and know that the ball can be in your hands. Exactly. I think that's a big thing for um, players in BC, players everywhere, really. When you're, when you're youth, the game goes so quickly. Like, yeah. play by play. And the more you go, the older you get. And everyone can attest to this. And the game slows down. You start to yeah. understand angles. And, you know, I remember someone said to me when I was in Europe, you know, pick and roll is a five-man game. And I argued with them. I was like, if a pick and roll is a two-man game, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, like, actions everywhere happen. There's actions everywhere, right? Because yeah. you're getting middle penetration. Like, you know, the, the baseline help. Like, it comes down. And, yeah. and there's so many different angles to look at. But the only way that that game ever slowed down for me for and I'm sure for other players, players that I coach was just relentlessly playing mm-hmm. and like trying to be um, aware of actions yep. and seeing them as they happen and watching other film and seeing it as it happens there. But it's such a slow process. Like it, learning the game. I mean, you talk to Coach K and, and he'll tell you that he's still learning the game. Like you talk to Phil Jackson, he'll be like, man, there's, I haven't figured this out yet. The game that, changes every that's, year. That's crazy to me. But as a young person, when you're just trying to understand basic actions, basic, um, I mean, there's natural tendencies for places where defense goes. There's mm-hmm. kill zones and there's stuff, the terminology we understand, but there's certain places where you want to get the ball and yep. all this stuff. How do you teach that to a player? How do you 
sit down with a player and say, because there's so much. And there's one thing to say, okay, there's three kill spots on a court or there's three um, um, gaps where the zone will shift. And that's one thing. But for the player to actually, you know, truly be in that two position, in that three position, see it on the wing from his angle with the players that are right there and say, oh, okay, I understand that if I take one dribble in and attract the D, that I can throw this certain type of pass right there. That type of stuff just is so slow to come. How do you make that process quicker? It's preparation and repetition. Like it's just it, it, it's just like learning how to dribble the ball or learning how to shoot from the three point line. Like you, you're not gonna you're not gonna learn it without high high volume reps. You have to keep doing it over and over again. You have to beat it in your head. Like you have to make it. Like 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 when I train, and I'm doing a between the legs into a crossover type sure. of move. You know, what I mean, I don't. I would do this move and make the shot. I would have to make twenty in a row, let's say. Right. And I won't stop until I make twenty in a row. I'll probably miss twenty, thirty shots before making. Well, yeah, you gonna miss some shots. I'll miss some shots. You know, what I mean, I won't miss that much. That's a lot. Making twenty, I'll probably I'll probably shoot about thirty five shots and make twenty. Sure. You know what I mean? But like, that's how you build consistency. And it has to be over. You have to make something boring to where it, it gets so boring and easy, but you just do it over and over again. You beat it in your head that it just becomes second nature to you. Mm -hmm. And that's how it is with, with preparation, where it's scouting reports and everything that the coaches do for the players. Because if the players don't have the right scouting report and know how to know what tendencies you can do, uh, where they try to take away your strengths and lead you into your weaknesses or how to guard you or, you know what I mean? Like if they're, if they're not prepared correctly or know where the help side needs to be coming from, then they're not ever going to learn it. So it, a lot of it relies on the coaching. And if the coaching can't, if the coaching isn't good and they can't instill all that stuff, all, all these different ways of playing the game into their players and the players is just, a, it's, they're an image of their coach. Mm -hmm. If the coach is shitty, then the players are going to be shitty. I don't mm -hmm. care what how good the players are. You might have one or two all-stars on the team that might drop 20 here and there or whatever. But you're, if you're talking about a winning program, you got to have a great coach, a coach that can prepare his team and lead them through repetitions of the same thing over and over and over again until it just becomes second nature to these players. And that's what makes the game become easy for you. Mm -hmm. And if the coach doesn't do it, then that's the coach's fault, not the players. Preparation. It's the preparation. Preparation, preparation, preparation. I mean, basketball is boring. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, it's, it's the, the same shit over and over again. It's the loneliest sport <laughs> in the world, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it, we, I don't you? even get excited about dunks and shit anymore. I've seen them all. Yeah, I've seen someone <laughs> shatter a backboard before. Literally. So yeah, I, mean, I got like... it on my Facebook pic. <laughs> yeah, one of my teammates shattered a backboard over somebody. Right. And we, uh, we've all seen the Shaq highlights and all that stuff too, right? I mean, it's like that stuff happens, all. right? But the, the inquisitive nature of like, I guarantee that you haven't seen every play. I guarantee you haven't seen every angle because there's infinite angles. For sure. Right. So like that, when you get to a level of, I'll say mastery where it's like you get over the hump of ignorance, right? Yeah. Where, I mean, I'm sure a lot of young men and women are there right now where it's like you've spent some time, maybe a couple of years at a sport. I'm really good at this shit. Like, you know, I can get some buckets. Like yeah. put me out there. I can score. I know how to play basketball. Yeah. Basketball is something I know. I may not know trigonometry, basketball. This is what I know. This is what I do. Right, and those are the JUCO guys, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, had a few algebra classes, couple, whatever, right? <laughs> <laughs> and um, but if if they make it past that, that past that 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 stage of 
I know everything because I feel like, or at least for me personally, there was a cliff I dropped off of. Mm -hmm. It was somewhere in Europe or just coming back from it where it was like at a very young age, I was like, damn, I don't know jack shit about shit. I know 0.1 of 0.1%. For sure. And that's just, and and I'm not saying that's a knock on me. I'm just saying. I've had days like that too. I'm too young to know. Yep. And that's again. That's that's in everything. Like we have a tenant because we have egos, right? Mm-hmm. So getting over that hump, and then having coaches that are over that hump and over the ego hump, that's a tough hump to be over because mm-hmm. you have to be vulnerable, right? Yeah. You have to be in a place where you're like, okay, there's a bunch of people around me. You know, if I'm with good coaching staffs or I'm in a good situation where um, I have good mentors around me. You know, there's a bunch of people around me that know way more than I do. If I've positioned myself correctly, and then I just have to completely tear myself down and start from zero every day. Like every session we go into, I'm at zero. I'm really trying to be at zero. Like this guy's doing a between the legs crossover, and I'm like, shit, he he angled the knee a different way. Like he contorted his hips something a little bit different. Is that did well, that's I when you start looking at the game differently? Did, you start did reading I, body yeah, movements. Exactly. Did I did I really understand what a between the legs crossover was? Yeah, man, I learned it between the legs crossover in third grade. Yeah, right. But did I really understand it? No. Yeah. So, but but again, taking that approach, you're saying we need coaches. Uh, uh, it's definitely the coaches. The, the the coaches are the ones who are giving the knowledge to the players. The players can only do so much. I mean, they're the ones that's doing all the work for sure. You know what I mean? And they're learning the game however they learn the game. Some people learn it by watching YouTube videos and stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Like you can you can find many ways of learning how to play. Some people learn just by experience of playing at, at, at the oval or something like that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. But if they're talking about learning at a high level. You got to have somebody to teach you the game. Even mm-hmm. all the top players, the, the, the Marvin Bagley's and all these type of players, they, have, they, they they're playing with and against and being coached by ex players, right? Who've played in the European levels, played in the NBA back in the day. You know what I mean? They have coaches who've coached this person and that person. So like, they're not getting to that level only by themselves. Right. A lot of them have the coaches that instill the right knowledge into them, and then they have all this God given ability to go with, it. which is nice. Which is the extra bonus, you know right. what I mean? So, but like, you know, I, I was watching some kids today or training some kids today where we're like, they're doing like a between the, uh, between the legs move, you know what I mean? But they don't know how to actually position them, their, their legs and their feet towards the way that they're actually exploding to, or they don't know right. how to load up on their leg correctly, you know what I mean? They don't know yeah. which leg that they're pushing off, none, none, yeah, of that. none of that. But you can see it, you know what I mean? You, us as coaches, we can see it and look at it and know where they're messing up, but these kids don't know it. They think they're doing yeah. it right because they're going between the legs. Yeah. That's all they're focusing on, just dribbling the ball between oh, the legs. between my legs, done. No, done. The move's, the move's <laughs> over. Yeah. But if you have a defender on, you ain't going nowhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or if you're dribbling to the left and you're dribbling with your right hand, you think you're you're dribbling to the left, but you're dribbling with your right yeah. hand. You don't have that's a defender right. on you. I'm, I'm making a pass or I'm going in for the layup with my yeah. inside hand. But if you have a defender on you, they're Barbecue beating Barbecue chicken, that's a dunk at the other end. You know what I mean? So yeah. you got you to gotta let these kids know, and hopefully it's at a young age because you don't want them keeping those habits and building it over time because over time Things the older and older they get it gets worse and worse and worse and then it's a lot harder for you to try to develop both hands or learn how to learn how to uh, pivot off both your feet there's a lot of people at the professional level that don't even know how to pivot off both oh, feet creatures of habit right you know you've seen one of the drills I've done I'm a huge I'm a huge guy on pivoting I'm footwork you know what I mean like footwork that's the first thing I teach body, the, body movement learning how to shift your body weight thing. You it's the I mean? most embarrassing thing I've seen. That's the most embarrassing thing. And this is a university kid that we we're training that yeah. I, I had doing it. He couldn't do it with couldn't his opposite foot. 
A pivoting? He's not even dribbling. He's pivoting. Yeah. You're moving your foot from one area of the floor to another. You can't do it. This is a leading scorer for his university. <laughs> anyway, we're not saying yeah. any names, but you know what I mean? It's pivoting. You know, footwork. And it's huge. Footwork goes into everything. Shooting, dribbling, running. Yeah. Layups. Like, everything. But if you can get by, I mean, again... I, I'm a big subscriber to like SWOT analysis, you know, strength, strengths, weaknesses, you know, and it's just like, if you can get by on your strengths, then you're, you're going to get by on your strengths. Yep. You're naturally going to go towards the path of least resistance. Yep. And that takes a coach to be like, okay, yeah, yeah, cool. I get that you can do that. And like literally we're with youth, with youth groups and it's like, yeah, you can do a right hand layup. I get it. Or, you know, with more advanced players, it's okay. Yeah, you can do negative pivots, but can you do aggressive pivots? Yep. And what's the difference? And why would you do this? Right. Yep. You get to that level where you're like, fuck, I don't know anything about this. Like, I, 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 yeah. like I'll give you an example. Like, like, like if I, first of all, I, I, when I was playing professionally or even in university, I never play with anybody who, who isn't in the university level and it's a structured setting or they have to be professional. Like I, I don't put myself in a position where I can get injured off of playing bullshit basketball. Yeah. So if you're if you not playing at a high level, I don't play with you. You know what I mean? That's just, that's how everybody approaches the game. If they're playing at a high level, they don't risk injury, right? So if I'm playing at the Oval or something like that and I'm playing against any regular guy, uh, first of all, it's easy, you know what I mean? And I can do whatever I want and I can go to my strengths all day if I wanted to. But the way that I look at it, whenever I'm playing against somebody who I know is not on my level, I'm always going to do, I go in, first of all, I go into the gym every day knowing what I'm going to work on. Right. Like I'll go into the gym and I'll only do step backs on somebody all day. And that's the only move that I'm going to do. I won't penetrate. I won't use my strong hand. I'm going to do everything left-handed. And that's how I'll try, my defender don't know it, yeah. but you know what I mean? I'll fake like I'm going to go right all the time, but I'm always going to go back to my left and do whatever it is, whatever move that, that you're I want to do work on. that I'm trying to work on. You know what I mean? But a lot of people don't think like that. You know, when they get in a, a playing set, and even if, first of all, playing pickup ball is, is bullshit. You should be only, you should work on your own game first. And if you have time for pickup, it's like a reward Great. for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? That's how you should treat it. Because if you, if you get in all the bad habits of pickup ball, you turn into a shitty player. You turn into a pickup ball you player. You pick up bad habits from pickup ball. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're playing with rat ball. But uh, but that's how not a lot of players think like that. They, they get into pickup games and they know there's players that, that can't guard them and they're still sticking to their strengths. You mm -hmm. can beat these guys off your strengths. Mm -hmm. We all know you can. Mm -hmm. Do something that you're not good at. Be, be honest with yourself. And even when you're training, be honest with yourself. What am I terrible at? Or what do I need to work more at? Yeah. Don't work on the same thing that you know that you're good at that you can do on, on, a, on a daily basis without with your eyes closed. Do something that you know that you mess up all the time in the game or you're scared to do. But that's tough. In the game. That's tough. That's but, tough to be honest with yourself right there. I mean, um, Alan, Alan Stein, um, Pure Sweat Basketball, it says uh, honesty plus consistency equals results. So, yeah. like, being in the gym. How many times have you been in the gym and maybe you're shooting 500 shots or making 500, 500 makes in a day, whatever your number is, I don't care, right? And you're I, don't, like, I don't ever have a number. I just go in and hit my whatever. Whatever it is, stuff, right? right? Sure. And, and you're, or you're warming up and you're thinking 25 shots. I'm going to hit 25. I'm going to make five swishes at each spot or whatever. How many times have you been like at four and, you know, the ball bounced to the next spot and you're like, oh, I'm going to just, I'm going to call that a wrap and call <laughs> that five and I'm going to hit the next one. You know what I mean? And just having that honesty of being like, okay, hey, no, does this rep actually matter? Like I'm talking grand scheme of things. Does this rep, this one warm-up rep, does it matter in the grand scheme of things? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say that if you do take this one warm-up rep out of the 500 or you don't take it, I don't think it's going to have a huge effect. But what will have a huge effect is you're training a muscle in your brain. Mm -hmm. Like every time you quit or every time, and this is in life. Like this is, I employ this in every aspect of my life where it's like every time you're late, 
Every time you don't follow through, mm-hmm. every time you quit at four when you said you wanted to five, every time you run a sprint and you 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 walk that last one meter, mm-hmm. you're employing a, a mechanism in your brain that's that's telling you that your brain is a muscle. You're training you're it, training yourself to be a quitter. Every time you do that, like like it's funny you you, you bring that up because again I was with some kids today and they didn't make the time or make enough shots in the time that we gave them. So we had them run up and down sprints and a couple of kids wasn't touching the line. You know what I mean? They're cheating themselves and cheating everybody else, you know what I mean? Just so they can stay within the pack and make, make, make the time, make the time. So after the practice, I told them, I was like, you guys, uh, you know, I didn't mention any names, of course, and point anybody out, but I was like, whatever you do, it doesn't matter in basketball or whatever sport and life, don't quit or don't start something you can't finish because mm-hmm. there's always going to be somebody watching you and you never know. You can, it can be a scout in the stands and they see that you quit on your team. You're not playing to the last whistle or you didn't touch the line on a suicide. You know what I mean? And you think you got away, you got away with it, but you didn't. You yeah. know what I mean? There's always somebody watching. So always finish something that you start. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. huge. It's and, huge, and that's that's the kind of mindset I've had throughout my whole life, and especially in basketball. Like when it when it comes to me finishing something, I don't care if I'm dead tired. Yeah. If if it's some if I have to make ten shots in this one move, I'm gonna make ten shots, and I'm not stopping until I do it. Yeah, it's a great it's a great it's a great uh, mechanism. If you have that, if you've trained that muscle in your mind, to for me, it's whenever. For instance, people have a hard time running, for instance, or they have a hard time like going to the gym every day. To me, it's it's in order to train that muscle in my head, every time I think of it or I think of an idea, to me, I've executed on that idea. So as soon as I think, okay, I'm going to hit a 10K run or, okay, I could could probably do 15. I've never done 15, but I I could do 15K. As soon as I think I, I can do 15K, that's now the standard. It's not like, okay, on my phone, I need to, you know, tell me to hit 15K. It's like, okay, I've thought it. I know I'm capable of it. Mm-hmm. Now let's just execute. So the work is done in the mind and then the physical is just You got to play mind games with yourself. It's just, you, like you have to lie to yourself. Yeah. And it's the same thing. I mean, I've been in, um, we used to have these, uh, Gary Felas used to come, NCAA scouts and stuff like that used to come to, uh, or they still do come to the Landley Event Center and we do these all-star you know, like select, you know, recruiting mm-hmm. or whatever coaches and all that shit. And it was like, I'll never forget. I don't know who it was. It was some JUCO division two coach in, in Washington. And he was just speaking to us and he said, listen, I won't recruit you off the strength of you not touching a line. I won't recruit you. Mm-hmm. I will completely like, I will put a line through your name. If you, if it's an inch, if it's a millimeter, like if I, if I, if I can notice you not touching a line, you're done. Yeah. And that's just because I, I can't trust you as a person. I can yeah. never, I can never trust you as a For person. Sure. That's savagery. First off, that's savagery. But I can, I completely subscribe to that. But to you me, can tell that, a lot about a person by just the small things. Like absolutely, that. and it's, it's like it's huge. Why would you throw away a spot? Why would you throw away a university roster spot off of this much? And I tell guys when we run lines, I tell guys I'm like, listen, no names, but you know that you didn't hit that line, mm-hmm. so you're only lying to yourself. And let's think about it. Are you less tired because you didn't run this much? No. Fuck no. <laughs> no. Not at all. Uh. You would never even think of that. That's less, that's less than the length of your toe. Uh. Why not touch yeah. the line? So what about you said, oh, no, 
is a quitter. You know what I mean? So like, and I don't want anybody, I'm not going to war with anybody like that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So like the way I was, the way I was as a player, I always, I'm like one of the best teammates you can have. You know what I mean? Even if it's my fault or even if it's the other person's fault, I don't know, they made a bad pass and I couldn't catch it or something. Yeah. It's your fault. My bad, fellas. That's I'm a catch next for you. You know what I mean? I'm going to yeah. make sure I'm always uplifting my teammates and I'm always trying to do the right thing and try to, you know, pretty much just do the right thing. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? So for me as a coach, uh, I bring that same thing now like to, to being a coach. And I'm not going to have a player that's – he makes a bad pass and he's like, oh, hey, I – You didn't move you, to it. You, you should have caught that or this and that. You know what I mean? Or he, he didn't – a teammate didn't box out or something. He starts yelling at him. I'm not picking that player on my team. You're yeah, not making it. my team. That's it. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it, if I see players like that, you're done. Mm -hmm. You're not playing for me anyway. Yeah. You play for somebody else. Somebody be else. a problem for them. You might but, got talent, but yeah, that's it. You know what I mean? But just just the little small things like that can go a long way with a lot of different coaches. You could, you could miss big opportunities because of that. Small, yeah. Small things equal big opportunities, no doubt. And just the, the way you communicate or, the, you yeah. know, the, the way you say what's up, the way you high five. Yeah. That's, for me coaching playing refing i'm a certified ref as well like you do it all hey man it's, just, it's, it's good money if you want to become a ref just holler at me it's like 40 50 bucks a game just let me know anyways um <laughs> um i would hate that if i'm if i'm coming off the floor or i'm sitting on a bench and someone comes off the floor you know stand up give them a high five i hate this one. Oh man uh, you know and, and for uh, people that are listening that's that's the i'm not going to turn my hand and give you a high five that's uh, the oh yeah i'm just going to touch the back of my hand to your palm because I get that i'm pulling your chair out from behind that's you. it that's it i couldn't <laughs> i can't stand that uh, that's like there's certain and I, I i employ that in life i mean we had some podcasts before and and uh kev made me out to be looking like a psycho but um just with level of discipline and stuff but if i'm looking for people in my life and i'm always trying to surround me myself with amazing people people that are way better than i am and and more disciplined and more genuine and more humane and all that stuff if you come over, if you come over to my house for anyone that's ever coming over to my house if i look at your shoes i'm not talking about wearing your shoes taking your shoes off that's whatever okay you know what different cultures whatever if i look at your shoes and i see the back of those fucking heels are stomped on do you know what i'm saying <laughs> like you know hold on i'm gonna take off my shoe right now that's it this one right here if this if, if you if you sure got, <laughs> if you sure got one of these going on <laughs> it's a wrap for you i'm done with you because that means that you didn't take the time unlace those motherfuckers right there and put them on and i know you're lazy i can honestly say i don't do that with my shoes <laughs> and that's crazy but put on slippers. <laughs> put on slippers. I got on Adidas slippers right now. You got some slides or, on. Oh, you guys call it slides. I call it slippers. I might be weird in America. That's why. Yeah, that's you. You wear beanies. And these and are a shit couple too. years old. You know what I mean? I'm I'm very I'm very old school. I mean, I don't even I don't even carry a. I have a phone with no numbers. So I, I, I'm very old school. You know what I mean? Like, Kids, you got to talk to this guy, man. He's yeah. got some problems, man. You my know, agent's yeah. been trying to get me to get a, get an iPhone get for a years, and I, I buy number. my wife iPhones, and she gives me her iPhone after she doesn't want it anymore. He's different. Listen, Rashawn is very old. I mean, he contact he, me on Instagram and Facebook, Rashawn Brodus. <laughs> <laughs> At Rashawn Brodus, he That's just he's he's new, he's new to it. He's only on Facebook. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, nah, I I mean 
the shoe thing is like proof of concept. You uh, know what I mean? And, and I'm not totally serious with that, but fuckers, I do notice. And uh, it's the same thing with, you know, lacing up for basketball. Like those guys will come up and don't lace up their shoes and shit like that, right? Yeah. Um, I just think that speaks to your way of coaching, your way of thinking, and the way you craft your players. And to, sure. I mean, for me, and, and maybe it's different for you, but for me, I want to put a stamp on my players, not in terms of I made them, but in terms of I fucking stand behind that person. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, and maybe that's a process. Like maybe I don't stand behind that person right now, but I know that that person's going to be like, I'm going to support that person right now. For sure. But I know that by the time that person hits 21 or 22 or, or whatever it may be, 25, 30, like that, that's going to be a genuine human. And I want to put my, my stamp on that. And part of that is fucking lacing your shoes up. Yep. So lace your shoes up. That part of that is hitting a line. For sure. Like Coach, Coach John Wooden, uh, yeah. UCLA. Legendary. Hall of Fame UCLA coach. cut, that's because of him. So uh, my, my coach that, that coached me at St. John's Newfoundland this past season, uh, he was coached by him at UCLA. And then uh, when I first met him, we were in the car. He picked, uh, we're, it was Halloween, actually. We we're going trick-or-treating, taking our kids trick-or-treating and stuff. Cute. So, you know, we're having talks and everything about UCLA. He played with Reggie Miller back in the oh, day. Oh, wow. Yeah, and Reggie Miller was his roommate. So they were both captains, of course, Damn. on the UCLA team. And then uh, I heard a story about how Coach Wooden used to, the first practice of every team that he's had, he used to teach everybody how to roll, how to put on their socks properly. Start from the tip of your toes, <laughs> wiggle it all the way to the back, you know, roll yeah. it all the way to the top. And then now you have a perfect sock because, or you have your sock on perfectly. Oh, yeah. No and wrinkles. You, yeah. No wrinkles. And you don't get any, uh, what is Blisters that? Or, Blisters. Blisters yeah, yeah, on yeah. your feet. So his first That's practice, a real thing. It's a real thing. Uh, you know, I've seen it on like a 30 for 30 about Coach <laughs> or something. And I asked him. I was like, Coach Dunlap. His name is Jeff Dunlap. I was like, Coach, uh, is this story true? And it's like, yeah. 100% true. Yeah. My first time or every year that I've been with Coach Wooden, the first day of practice, he teaches everybody to put on their socks. Probably. So don't come to practice saying you can't practice because you got blisters yeah, on your yeah. damn foot. If you have blisters, you'll probably have to run suicides all day. Yeah. If you're coached by Coach Wooden anyway. Yeah. But yeah. That's a real thing, basketball players out there. Listen, if you got, if you put on, Kobe's are the worst for this because they got that insole that just sticks to your sock. Yeah. You got to pull those motherfuckers up. Like you really got to pull it up. And, and people don't like that these days because, you know, the, the big socks used to be in style. Yeah. They go like up your calf a little bit. Yeah. And now it's kind of like the lower socks because the NBA's going that way. Yeah. And people don't want to do that anymore. People get more blisters, man. I'm just saying, don't, don't put yourself out of the game because you're trying to be cool. I've had one blister in my life. In my life. I've uh, had many, was, so you know what? Whatever. <laughs> I have flat, fat paddle feet. So, oh, do you? Yeah. Okay. So that's probably the reason why my whole my whole foot is touching the ground evenly. Ooh. So I don't have, I've never had blisters. I don't have the uh, the calluses on the bottom of Doesn't my that feet. give you knee problems, though? It's supposed to, because if you're flat-footed, mo- most flat people get, get knee problems and everything like right. that. But, I mean, I had knee surgery once, but it wasn't because of my feet. Okay. Yeah. You got that Samoan genetics or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's probably just because I'm Samoan and I'm Polynesian. That's probably. Fucking yeah. bastard. He's a genetic lottery. Come on now. Get out of here. I wish I was there. LeBron is a genetic lottery. I'm just... <laughs> That's a good point. That's another conversation. Um, but I don't get blisters, so I'm, I'm lucky. That's, 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 that's a good thing. That's a very, very good thing. I mean, there's, there's, guys, that, uh, there's guys that don't play because of blisters. That's yep. a real thing. There's guys that don't play because of cramps, and that's just like prior preparation. Like I always laugh in, um, in practices is uh kids like water breaks you know, hour and a half into practice hour into practice you're taking a water break like water it takes 20 30 minutes to get in your system yeah like if you're not hydrated 
by the time practice starts, you're screwed. Especially if I start a practice with some, you know, serious stuff, uh-huh. right? Like you're hooped. So you going to take a, a water break in an hour and 30 minutes, like I get it. You're tired. You want a breather. But like, oh, coach, I need some water. Bro, hydrate. Well, they're probably not eating right and they're drinking sodas all day. That's probably the reason why. Okay, explain that to me. Explain that to me. So we have all these AAU tournaments, right? All throughout the States, all these high school tournaments, whatever it is. All these kids, Zion Williams is uh, is freaking RJ Barrett. These guys are freaking eating whatever because I see it on the Ball's Life mixtapes. They pop, soda can. I see it on the Snapchat. I see it everywhere. They're freaks of athletes. Can you explain that, please? I mean, I, I was the same way when I was your age. I oh, was man. Drinking Capri Suns and, and juices before games oh, and stuff like shit. that. And then I also cramped a lot when I was younger, too, being in the sun playing all day. But, like, uh, they'll learn. The, the, the older and older they get, they'll gradually, their bodies are going to start changing. And you can't eat and drink the same shit that you've been doing when you're younger. You know what I mean? So yeah, you, know, I mean, you start learning about nutrition and stuff when you get to university level. So they'll, they'll learn or their bodies will start changing. They'll start becoming fat or whatever the case may be. Everybody's <laughs> no one likes to be that. No one likes to to have that transition where you're like, fuck, my, my metabolism's gone. Yeah. It's slowing down, right? It's yeah. a tough situation you're to be. You're not 15, 16 anymore. Your body will change and whether yeah. you like it or not, if you're not taking care of yourself, then it's might not change for the better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, look at LeBron, right? LeBron puts in uh, a million. Oh, it was a million, one point five or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it, yeah. It was a uh, was that Players Tribune. He said it was like uh, I, I dedicate one million or, or so one point five million towards my body every yeah. year. Well, that's why he's LeBron. That's why he's LeBron James. Yeah. That's why he's the best player in the world. That's also why he's playing for the best franchise ever, the Lakers. Now, BBB. <laughs> what do you think about that movie? You think that's a good move going from Cleveland to uh, to the Lakers in oh, free yeah. agency? It's yeah, at, it's at a great time because I mean, after this year, especially you got guys like Kawhi. His year is going to be over in, in in Toronto, and then you got a few other guys that's getting into free agency. You never know what's going to happen. So, and then yeah, and that young core, and got a young core, and they're only getting better. Kuz is something else. Josh Hart is something else. Even Lonzo is. Lonzo can something. I mean, I, I didn't mention Lonzo there because people know. People know Lonzo something else. Like that yeah. kid has vision. I mean, 10, 8, and 7 or 7 and 7. Get out of here. His stat line has a And he shot like shit from 3, too. But so did Jason Kidd, and that's what they, they, they compare him to. He had and, a better rookie season than Jason Kidd. And he's the next Magic Johnson slash Jason Kidd. I think he did well. Yeah, I think he did amazing. I mean, put LeBron around all those guys. That's crazy. And now he has LeBron on the team, too. But do you really think Kawhi's going to come? Did yeah, he, for sure. It's a rental? Yeah, he's here. T- Toronto's a rental. Toronto's a rental. He, for he, real? He's here for a year, and he's gone. He's, That's he, what they he, said about he, Paul George, though. Yeah, Paul George is different, though. He, he, he Yeah, he, he's <laughs> different. Kawhi, I think he's he's gone for sure. Kawhi's pretty different too. Different is definitely a, a word I'd use to describe Kawhi. But uh, I, th- I think Paul stayed for the money. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I don't know if they can pay him in Toronto. I don't know. I'm, I'm for me Canadian teams. I lost hope, man. I don't know about all that. I'm a Raptor fan. You know, I'm a, I'm a Kobe fan, a Laker uh, fan, and a Raptor fan. That's about it. Uh, uh, Nate Robinson fan, Isaiah Thomas fan. That's about it. I was a fan of a lot of stuff right there, but. I like that Nate Robinson. That's my guy for uh, sure. You were shit. You guys are around the same age. We are the same age. Uh, I was actually ranked higher than him coming out of high school. God damn, really? Yeah. Uh, uh, oh man, <laughs> no way. Yeah, I was 12th and he was 15th. 14th and 15th. Damn. You know, on West Coast Guards. Yeah. And then he ended up going to UW and became who he is. But right, 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 I right. Had shit grades and did what I did. Ah, see, it was the grades <laughs> right there. Uh, was, oh, he was a he was a dual sport athlete too. Yeah, football too. Yeah, that was uh, some serious, serious stuff right there. He yeah. he's an athlete to this day. Why do you think he's not playing in the league? 
Uh, just situations, man. Like wrong, wrong time for him. He, mm. If if he didn't have such a great young career when he first got into the league, I think he could have switched over. Yeah. But since he was so successful playing basketball, why are you going to switch playing football unless you're Bo Jackson or something? Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like it didn't work for Michael Jordan. I don't know if it's going to work for you. Yeah. He also won three championships before he did it too, though. He's also Michael fucking Jordan, so uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit different right there. And listen, all respect out to Nate Robinson. I love what he does, man. That's my favorite player growing up for sure, without a doubt. I mean. Just hard over height was like that was, that was my thing. Five seven. Five yeah, oh yeah. Five uh, seven. Five. Someone listened to five ten. I was like, get the hell out of here. No. Nah, Not even class seven legit. He he played with one of my old teammates, Logic and Logic Stewart. Mm. Uh, and he has a twin, Roderick Stewart. They all played at Rainier Beach together. Same <sighs> legendary years. high school. Yeah. Jamal yeah. Crawford too. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I mean all those guys. All like, around the same years, all those guys. God, freak athletes too yeah. freak i mean i had a chance to meet him at um battle at the border uh we were in there met nate rob and uh isaiah all these guys or whatever and uh, yeah. it's just like super funny dude too like yeah. you never with the nba you never you never know with like you know what these guys are really like because you know the media i mean everyone thought Le- lavar was a, was a dick or whatever right so i mean you never really know that guy is hilarious just like he's one of an energizer bunny just can't stop well, yapping he's talking to people on the side he'll eat your fries shit. he'll come hang out with you if, you know like if he he hit a shot seat right next to me course side is empty and he just hits a shot he sits down he's like that's a good shot right <laughs> Well, uh, I was like, yeah, what about defense? He's like, ah, defense is nothing. <laughs> Pops back up or whatever. But I wish he had a job in the, in the league, man. That's too bad to see because. Yeah, well, he, he can play anywhere. He can go to Europe if he wanted to. But Yeah, he could. He's playing in the big three now. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's killing in the big three. He's got a, such a big heart. I don't know. It's uh, crazy. Yeah. But I, I'm sure you can uh, relate to him uh, just as an undersized guard coming up and all that. So for sure. It's hard life out there being an undersized guard in, in elite leagues. It's tough. For sure. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Um, and even Isaiah too, like seeing his rise, it's crazy. Sixtieth, last pick in the draft. Last pick in the draft. Last pick in the draft. And yeah. then, then the year, the year that he came in, he was coming in with a lottery pick with Jimmer. Yeah, and took over at that spot where Jimmer started going down, and Isaiah was going up, and yeah, it's just been going up for him, which was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, really good. if Isaiah Thomas can go from sixtieth to, I mean, second round, sixth. That's Almost max contract to MVP candidate carrying a league, and if Rashawn Brodus can go from a Calgary ranch shoveling shit to top leagues Euro Cup in Europe, then you know what you can do it too. <laughs> and that's our message, man. And lastly, Rashawn, like where where can people find you on social media? I know you're old as hell, man. I know that like Instagram's new. Can we can we find you on Snapchat or like do, do you have a phone number you give out or like uh, where can we find you? Where can we find uh, pro prep basketball training? Phone number to be uh, determined, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you can you can find me at proprepbasketballtraining.com. And uh, you can look me up on Facebook or, or on Instagram, too, at, at uh, just my name, Rashawn Brodus. I keep it simple. Awesome. I like it. And you can reach me at, uh, at Joss Bingham's on Instagram. And no, I'm not on Twitter. And get off me with that Snapchat stuff, man. I'm, a, I'm an old, young person, man. <laughs> and you can find Self-Hired, of course, at, at, at Self-Hired Brand on Instagram and all social media platforms. So appreciate, appreciate you. Self-Hired. Appreciate it. Thank Definitely. you. That's another one. We're out. Thank you. Hey.